There's a lot to talk about when it comes to the New York Giants these days, and we're going to do all that, plus take your questions on this edition of Locked on Giants Live, coming your way next. You are Locked on Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. This episode of the Locked On Giants podcast is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the promo code Locked On NFL for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. Hello, New York Giant fans! Welcome to Locked On Giants Live. I'm your host, Patricia Trainer, credentialed member of the media, cover the New York Giants for Fan Nation's Giants Country, as well as Locked On Giants. And I am with Bad Dog, credentialed member of the I Hate the Bleeping Eagles Club, <laughs> who's probably thrilled that the Giants spanked the Eagles in the regular season finale, even though it meant nothing to the Giants. I'm sure he's thrilled about that. So he's a credential member of that. And it's just going to be the two of us tonight. Unfortunately, Tano couldn't make it. He got called into work at the last minute. Darn the government, you know, but yes. when the government calls, you got to go. So it's just me and, and dog, but uh, we're happy to have you with us. Dog, how you doing, my friend? Yeah, it might have been meaningless for the Giants, but it meant a lot to me. Uh, I got to be honest, that was the best way you could finish the season. We lost one draft position, and we were never going to be – couldn't move up because every team ahead of us lost. So the worst thing – and the Chargers aren't taking a quarterback, so you ain't got to worry about that. Uh, but the fact that the Giants made the Eagles quit. They made them quit. There was 14-10, Washington and Dallas were in a close game, and the Giants are beating them so bad. Nick Sirianni said, get them out. Throw the towel and tap. I tap. I tap. We can't beat them. We can't beat this team. So just to embarrass Philadelphia, to send them reeling, to just see you know, them collapse, that's a lot of fun. Now, hopefully the collapse finishes up on Monday, but it's been a long time since the Giants have beaten the Eagles and can say that they really wiped them out. So it's a good feeling. It was a good, good way to end the season for the Giants. I was thinking of you, man. I said, man, dog must be going crazy <laughs> on this. Yeah, <laughs> but anyway, uh, I just want to tell everybody who's who's uh, on the live stream, I actually have something different I'm going to do tonight on the live stream. And that is, and I know a lot of you have questions about um, Carmen Brasillo, who the Giants hired as their offensive line coach. I have reached out to a couple of colleagues of mine, my colleague over at Locked On Raiders, as well as my colleague over at Locked On, uh, actually it's Raiders today. Um, he's with Fan Nation. So that's going to be my Monday show. But because I love you guys, you know, I love you all, including you, Papa Goot. So I'm glad to see you in the chat. I am going to play for you a 10 minute video a little later on in the podcast. Great stuff. From your boy Q, who is the host of Lockdown Raiders, he tells me all about Carmen Brasillo. And you guys are just going to love this guy, this Carmen Brasillo. Um, and if you think Q had great things to say about him, wait till you see Monday's show when Hondo Carpenter, who's from Raiders Today, gets on and talks about him. I mean, Hondo just went on and on about him. And the more I heard, the more I was like, oh, my goodness, the Giants got themselves a winner. Fingers crossed at any rate. So that's going to come up a little later on in the program. But, Doug, let's get it started here. Um, I, I got I guess I got to start with the coaching turnover. How much of that 
was a surprise to you? I, I think the way Winkler was a surprise, but losing McGaugh, you and Chris talked about it all year. Bobby Johnson probably wasn't long for the team. McGaugh probably wasn't long for the team. We know these are areas that the Giants struggled. Uh, now, getting that punt return, I never can say the guy's last name right. Olszewski, I don't know. I probably Olszewski. boxed Okay, yeah. What is it? Olszewski. Olszewski, okay. Well, sorry. I, I don't mean to botch the kid's name because he was great. Okay. He, not only did he catch the ball, he had a 94-yard punt return for a touchdown. He actually got yards. He looked confident. But I was like, why did it take so long to actually get a punt returner back there instead of starting with Eric Gray? Of course, we had field goals blocked. It was just a disaster most of the year. So you saw that coming, um, you know, definitely Bobby Johnson. I mean, that's been a contention for Giants fans saying, listen, man, we got JMS here. He's a rookie. You got Evan Neal, who has not developed at all. And Evan Neal came out. He was supposed to be a, a big-time stud, and he just hasn't developed. And he might have even regressed. He's dealt with injuries. He's just not been good. And the offensive line as a whole was terrible. I mean, the Giants gave up the second-most sacks uh, in the history of football, I forgot exactly how many it was. Then we're going to catch 85, I think it was. 85, five a game. They gave up five a game. Some of that's on the quarterback without question, but most of that's on the offensive line. And they were just a bad group. You look at Barkley even, average less than four yards a carry, didn't get a 1,000 yards. I know Barkley missed some time with some injuries, but that line is just not good. And you got a lot of young guys in there. You know, you're talking about bringing McKeithen back. He'll be in his third year. Azudu, who played out of position. But those guys are young guards. JMS is a young center. Evan Neal is a young right tackle. Andrew Thomas is a young left tackle. The Giants have a young group of linemen that need to be coached up. And hopefully, Carmen's the guy. Now, I, I can tell you this, Patty. If Brian Dable is ever having a bad day or doesn't want to deal with the media, he can send Carmen right out there. Nobody's doing no difference. How those two look that similar is beyond me. <laughs> it's scary, actually. It is. It yeah. really is. My gosh, when I saw that, I was like, you know, <laughs> double take. I'm like, oh my gosh, this doppelganger. And everybody, we were kind of joking about it. We're like, oh, Dable's hired this guy so that, you know, if the fans get ticked off at him, he could be the, the guy that stands in for yeah. him. But um, yeah, I mean, with the court, all right, Bobby Johnson, we all kind of knew that that was going to happen. I mean, that, that wasn't a surprise with the coordinators. I honestly thought Kafka was going to be on the hottest seat of them all. McGahee, I went back and forth with, and then, you know, the more I thought about it, it's like, okay, yeah, he's been inconsistent the last what six years, but Dable's probably only interested in the last two. Mm -hmm. And that's when, you know, I started to think, okay, there's a possibility. He goes wink. I thought they might work it out. And then you had this whole big brouhaha with the Wilkins brothers. Yeah. I mean, how wild was that? Yeah. Um, uh, listen, we, we, Patty, we talked about this right at the beginning of the year, mentioning how something seemed to miss. Something was different about the team. It just, something was just different. I mean, you could never put your finger on it. You just said, they don't seem the same. The body language is different. The way they're playing, the execution, everything is different. And if there was this tension between Dable and Wink right from the beginning, obviously it can divide a lot. You know, you got your defensive guys. Now, it didn't affect the 85 Bears because they were one of the most talented teams of all time. But, you know, Buddy Ryan and Mike Ditka had their differences, and Buddy Ryan was gone the next year, became the head coach of the Eagles. So, you know, Wink's been around a long time. I hear Dable's hard to work for. I don't know. Wink can be stubborn. I mean, Wink may think he knows more than Dable. Wink's been in the league how many years? And, 
never got a coaching job. Dable did. I don't know if that has anything to do with it or not. But obviously, the tension was there um, all year. I like Wink. I, I didn't have a problem with Wink Martindale. I, I certainly would not have had a problem with him staying on. I know we gave up a lot of yards, but we also were tied to the league lead and turnovers forced. Uh, I think they had 31, and most of them came the last 10 weeks of the season where the defense was just you know taking the ball away, and that certainly helps the offense. So um, I don't know if I saw that coming. I don't know if that was a way of the Giants just saying we're going to pull the rug out from underneath them and take the Wilkins brothers. I don't really know because I'm not in the locker room. Um, but I think it's best that they part ways. I, I related to maybe that was just a marriage. They just stayed together for the kids and, you know, just didn't work. It got worse. And then everybody was worse off for it. So parting ways, probably the best thing for all parties. And we move forward with a new defensive coordinator, whoever that may be. You know, interesting um, theory here with Wink Martindale. I mean, Dable had never worked with him before. He had never really crossed paths with him before. Mm -hmm. So, you know, on my show yesterday, I had, or actually on today's recorded show, I had Ed Valentine, a big blue view on, and he said, you know, it was kind of like an, a shotgun marriage, an arranged marriage. And sometimes yeah. arranged marriages will work out and sometimes they don't. And it's interesting because we were applauding Dable last year for mixing it up and not bringing in all of his buddies, yeah. you know, and mixing it up. Whereas we were slamming Joe Judge for bringing in all of his buddies. Okay. So as Wink go, I'm sorry, as Dable goes forward now, the question he has to answer is Do I want guys that I'm familiar with? Do I want guys that, you know, am I willing to take chances on guys that I've never worked with before? I mean, as far as I can tell, Brasillo, he never worked with, but Brasillo came from the Patriots tree, worked under Dante Scarnetta. I think that's how you say his name, right? Scarnetia? Uh, Scarnetia, I think is how you say it. You know, they're legendary offensive line coach. So he's got that bit of, of a background. Um, these defensive coordinators, as far as I can tell, I don't think they have crossed paths with Dable. So it looks like he's he's just still mixing it up and, and going for the best available, despite the fact that I think this year, you know, this year coming up, 2024, Dable's got to get this straightened out and get yeah. them back on track. And I mean, he's not going to have to do it alone. Obviously, Joe Shane's got to do his part. The draft class, you know, I, I did an article over on Giants Country about the draft, you know, breaking down each draft pick, and it was mixed, in my opinion. So they got to hit this next one out of the park. Yeah, this is a massive, a massive offseason for Joe Shane, Ryan Dable, and the New York Giants, without question. This is a year where you're going to have more cap space than you've had to work with. The Gettleman guys are pretty much off the contract. This is going to be your team. Now, the whole talk is going to be about what they do in the draft and the quarterback situation. Now, I have a conspiracy theory about why Mike Kafka's there. Want to hear? Want to hear my conspiracy oh, theory? Oh, so, Daniel Jones is coming back next year, regardless. That does not mean, like I said on Twitter, that does not stop the Giants from drafting a quarterback. Jones is dead cap $69 million. They can't cut him this year. There's, they can't. He's there. Okay. It costs less to keep him than it does to cut him this year. In 2025, it's still a bite. It's 22 million on the dead cap, but they save like 23 million off the contract. So 2025, they can get rid of him. So Deion Jones is coming back. Maybe they draft the rookie. They say, well, the hell with it. We're not going to let Kafka call the place for the rookie, but we'll let him call the place for Daniel Jones. And then if the rookie's ready to take over, even if Kafka's there, Brian Dable could take over the play calling, and then they can get rid of Kafka. Because if it's Brian Dable's quarterback, Brian Dable is going to want to call the plays. 
But Daniel Jones is not Brian Dable's guy, so what the hell is the difference? Just let Kafka continue to call, and that way Daniel Jones doesn't have to work under yet another offensive coordinator, which would be his fourth in six years. So that's kind of my conspiracy as to why they kept Kafka, although I know a lot of Giants fans wanted to get rid of Kafka, and it's hard to blame them. Uh, Patty, you mentioned this. <laughs> I think you put it on Twitter. You said this last week or on Twitter. Why the Giants won three yard outs on third and five? I, find the sticks. Like, is that on the players and the coaching staff? Like, wh- how does it's frequent with this team? It's not once in a while, it's 80% of the time they don't run around past the sticks. And I don't understand that. So I don't know if that's why it's coach. I don't know. I don't know what it is, but yeah, that's my conspiracy theory as to why they kept Mike Kafka. You know, that makes sense. That actually makes sense. I could see that. I mean, you know, also I thought Kafka was going to go to the college ranks and he Mm -hmm. still might. I mean, you know, the, the weeks, even though the first week's over, he still might, you never know, but that certainly makes sense. But look, here's my other thing, you know, my counter, if you will, this offensive system is primarily Dables. Mm-hmm. So even if Kafka were to leave, I don't think it would be that big of a drop-off if Dable took over the play calling. I just right. don't. I mean, I could be wrong, but, I, you know, to me, to lose Wink, that was a bigger deal because now no. Dable's got to get this higher right because you got to get somebody in not only who knows what the heck he's doing, but someone who... You can say, okay, you run the defense. Let me focus on, you know, the quarterback situation and getting this offense, which is so badly broken, back on track and and just, you know, operate in that fashion, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. Without question, it's it's going to be that was the big thing. That was why we talked about Wink being important because if Gable did go on to call the plays on his own. He wasn't going to have to worry about the defense because you have a defensive, you know, a defensive, I'm not going to say guru, but a veteran that's been in the league a long time. has called a lot of defenses. And yeah, the Giants did get pushed around the line of scrimmage still. And, um, but they did force a lot of turnovers and they had right. some really good defensive. Now, listen, Dexter Lawrence really came of age under Wink Martindale. He, yeah. he became an all pro. Um, Bobby O'Kara came, Michael McFadden were fantastic this year. Mm-hmm. Deontay Banks. Was fantastic. Xavier McKinney uh, really came on at the end, and McKinney played every snap, as did Okereke. How much of that is attributed to Wink Martindale, and how much is it attributed to the players? So we're going to find out next season if if it changes. I don't know if the Giants would ever go back to a 4-3. I know a lot of Giants fans would like to see them go back to a 4-3 defense instead of a 3-4. But I guess that depends on the, the coordinator. I know that Antonio Pierce's name has been thrown in the hat a lot. Yeah. And the one thing I, again, my brother-in-law being a Raiders fan told me about, uh, you know, Carmen and, and obviously Antonio Pierce and the Raiders had the best defense in the league when he took over head coach. Now, how much of that has to do with him and the, you know, the defense coordinator at the, who knows, but I think that's a telling statistic that they're number one. They played the chiefs, mm-hmm. uh, I believe twice and the dolphins during that mm-hmm. period. Now they lost to the chiefs. They held the Vikings to three points. They lost three nothing. I mean, that wasn't the defense's fault. And the, the Chiefs game, the second time they played them, they on Christmas, they cru- they crushed Kansas City's offense. There's just the Raiders' offense is terrible. But yeah, that's because of Aiden O'Connell. And I, I mean, what are you going to do? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it's interesting. I see people saying, well, "What about Belichick as defensive coordinator?" Folks, Belichick <laughs> is not coming to the Giants. 
I mean, I, I, I hate to be blunt about it, but please stop with that. He's not coming to the Giants as a defensive coordinator. He's not coming back to the Giants as head coach while Dable gets demoted. It's just, it's not happening. Belichick, from all I have been able to gather, wants to continue coaching at least another year. He wants to top Don Shula's record, all-time win record. He's going to go to a team that needs a head coach. What that team is, I don't know. You know, some people have even mentioned the Cowboys. If, you know, the Cowboys flame out in the playoffs, you know, maybe they fire Mike McCarthy and bring in the Eagles. Not the Eagles. Well, actually, the Eagles. I think I saw something where um, Sirianni might be in trouble. That that team's really collapsing. Well, it seems more disarranged than Giants. collapsing. I think Sirianni's being exposed for the fraud that he is. Personally. Yeah, that's right. He is a fraud. I mean, the guy eats Pizza Hut. He's a fraud. We know it, Patty. I he mean, you know, what guy eats Pizza Hut? Nobody. Yeah, I mean, he, he had he had two great coordinators uh, by his side this year. You know, turmoil, and now they've got turmoil in the locker room. I mean, it's a mess out there. I love it. Couldn't have happened to a nicer group of guys. <laughs> <laughs> I figured you would. Well, you know, as as the leader of the I, you are a license plate guy. I wonder which one of you hates the Eagles more. Um, be, a, be, a, be an interesting debate. <laughs> we should have a contest on that. Yeah. <laughs> we should we, we should bring license. We should, the week of the, the next time the Giants play the Eagles, we should have you and and license plate guy and, and figure out who hates that team more. <laughs> I think both. I think him and I are about the same age, so it makes sense. We both grew up in the Buddy Ryan era, which is why I. Hates the Eagles the way I do, and stem from him. And then, of course, so many stupid losses that the Giants have taken to the Eagles. Uh, stupid. I mean, we, you know, a lot of the younger guys only remember the Miracle in the Meadowlands part two. Now, I'm not quite old enough to remember part one. I am old enough to remember the Eagles having a kick, a field goal blocked in overtime that Clyde Simmons picked up and ran into the end zone for a touchdown. And we lost. I am old enough to remember a winning 10 to 7 shutting their offense down the entire night in 1997, and they punt the ball to Brian Westbrook, who returns it for a touchdown. It's ironic how that happened again 13 years later in 2010. I remember Bias Sikahima returning a punt and going and punching the freaking uh, goalpost, the bag in the goalpost. I remember Carl Banks having Randall Cunningham dead to rights and him still throwing a touchdown. I remember all this just stupid things between these two teams and I just cannot stand the Eagles. I hate them. I hate the Eagles. I, I, I'm not fond of them either. I'm not going to lie. I mean, I, I don't know that I hate them as much as you and license plate guy. Because, you know, we're really not supposed to hate or love teams. Yeah. But, you know, the arrogance, Nick Sirianni just rubs me the wrong way. And I, I'm just, you know, I'm I'm sorry. I can't. It's It's like hush you know it's like shut up and and you know he's being exposed bottom line he's, he's barry switzer of the eagles i mean barry switzer got exposed <laughs> That's a good, good i mean anybody could have coached i could have coached the 95 cowboys and they would have won a super bowl right i mean switzer was a great college coach but in the nfl uh, he was he was a sideshow i mean that's yeah. kind of what sirianni is he's just he's the head clown of the circus it's just the eagles have an incredibly incredibly talented team and they are getting exposed now. They lost to Arizona. Who's picking fourth? They they got crushed by the Giant. Game was not close, and they knew it. They knew they had no chance of winning, and they said, "We'll pull our guys off." AJ Brown went down with an injury. Jalen Hurts got. They're like, "This team is just kicking our ass." 
And I absolutely love when Bobby O'Karake jumped over the line of scrimmage and hit Jalen Hurts. Yes, yes. Right I out of the Carl Banks playbook, and they wear the same number. I'm like, Carl, what about – I don't get to hear the radio broadcast, but I would love to have known what Carl said when O'Karake did that. Oh, that should be available on NFL um, – what is that, Game Pass? You can get that. Yeah, I got to yeah. hear that. I got to oh, hear. I, gotta you, I actually got to tell you a funny story, real quick, related to this whole thing. So I stayed over in East Rutherford after the Eagle game because I had to be up early for Baggy Day the next morning. And I get back to the hotel that I'm staying at, and there are a pair of Eagle fans that you know are walking in with me. They've got their beers and they're loud and they're of course, they're, of course. That's, that's right. <laughs> and I'm and I'm sitting there and they're looking at me and. They, I had my credential around my neck, which I probably should have tucked that away. I forgot to take it off my neck. So they look and they go, oh, you're Giants, aren't you? And I, I, I said, Giants media. And I'm, you know, I'm trying to kind of blow them off. You know, it didn't, right. didn't want to be too rude, but I'm trying to. So anyway, long story short, I get, I check into the hotel. I get the keys, go to the elevator. And I'm going, come on, elevator, come on. Because cause these guys are like kind of menacing. You know, it's yeah. like they're just kind of. I think they were harmless, but they were trying to be. You know, they're eagle fans. Huh? Yeah, so they get on the elevator with me, and they're like, oh, "What room are you in?" And I'm like, "I'm not telling you what room I'm in." You know, what, 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 come on, man. So they they pressed. They finally pressed the button to get off. Uh, it was floor number four, which was the floor I had to get off. That's where my room was. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I don't trust these guys. They're giving me a bad vibe. So I hit five. So they got off and then they're like, Ooh. and then they cussed me out. They go, you know, bleeping giant fan. Right, right, right. Media, I'm like media, I'm not really a fan. So I come back down, you know, after I go to the fifth floor, I come back down to the fourth floor. And if I tell you, I ran like crazy to my room because <laughs> my room was all the way on the end of the hallway and I, and I was like, I'm looking over my shoulders, like, where are those eagle fish? But they, you know, I don't spook easily, but for some reason, those guys really spooked me. They're eagle fans. They're just, they're <laughs> degenerates. Like, I, I mean, I, I'm like, I'm minding my own business. And, you know, that's my fault because I forgot to take my credential off. I should have yeah. done that. They would have never known, you know, that where I was coming from or what I was doing had I not been stupid. But yeah, if they said that to me, I'd be like, Giants, man, we're in New Jersey. We're we're at MetLife Stadium. What the hell are you talking about? Yeah, ninety five percent of the people here are Giants fans. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, thank thankfully they didn't know what car I was driving because I, yeah. you know, I, I didn't want to come out the next morning and find out that I had a flat tire or you know a nice key mark on my on the side. And look, look let me make it clear. Let, let me make something clear, folks. Not all Eagle fans are like that. There are some very good people who are Eagle fans. I know quite a few of them. They're respectful. You know, they like to debate, but every so often you run into, and, and you get this with every fan base, giant fans, cowboy fans, jet fans. There are always going to be your bad seeds. So I, I don't want you to think I'm picking on the Eagles because their fan base is, is bad. There are good I'm people. I'm picking on them. Well, you could pick on them. That's, that's, that's your prerogative. I mean, I work, I work with an Eagles fan every month, Lord Brunson. Um, He's good people. And he's, he is a great, uh, he's a great talker. Like he is really good. And I respect that. I, I always respect guys that can really bring yeah. the trash talk. So he, he definitely is, but uh, yeah, he's good. Um, yeah, there's a lot of Eagle fans in my chat that are really good too. Yeah. Obviously we joke around about stuff, but right. you know, like you said, every fan base has those people. 
every one of them. So, yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I'm going to hold the video that I have for you guys for after commercial break, but dog, let's talk about some of the free agent player decisions that have to be made. In my mind, the two biggest ones, obviously Saquon and Xavier McKinney. Now I have thoughts on how that's going to go based on what I was able to kind of pick up when I was in the locker room, people I've spoken to, what I think is going to happen. I want to get your take though, first on what you think is going to play out for those two guys. McKinney. I love McKinney. I mean, he's my favorite giant. I can't see them giving him. I can't see them paying him. I mean, McKinney's probably going to get 65 to 70 million for four years. I mean, I don't think he wants to play under the tag. I know he doesn't want to play under the tag. So that's going to be a, a major pain. He would hold out. McKinney's a guy that's going to hold out. I just know that's what's going to happen. So it wouldn't make any sense to tag him. But I can definitely get see him getting 16, 16 and a half, 17 million a season. That's what safety, that's what the top five safeties get. He's probably right in that area. I think the fifth highest paid safety gets like 16.4 million, which is kind of where I would put McKinney. And obviously the cap goes up every year. So the salaries go up every year. I think he's going to walk. I think the Giants are just going to end up with a compensatory pick for McKinney. With Barkley, it's different. I don't I don't think they tag Barkley this year. I don't think they tag Barkley. What I think they're going to do, I think they're going to go up to Saquon and say, "Listen, we're going to we're going to let you test free agency." The Giants will all give him an offer. Say 2 years, 24 million, 3 years, 29 million, something like that. I'm not giving them extended years. Maybe a three-year deal, like I said, three years, 29, 30 million, with you can get out of it after two. You know, where they structure it, where the dead cap in the third year really it really isn't much. And if he gets a better deal and wants to take it, they can say, Listen, thank you for your service. Go get your money, and we're done. That's the way I look at it. And if Barkley really wants to retire a giant, the Giants say we'll give you three for 30, and the Bills say we'll give you three for 36. Barkley can say, Nope. I'm just going to take the three for 30. So I don't think he gets tagged. I think the Giants let him hit free agency, mm. but I do think the Giants make him an offer and we'll see where it goes from there. That's kind of what I think they're going to do with him. Wow. Impressive. And by the way, Tommy G just popped into the uh, the chat. Tommy G, my man, what is up? So anyway, my take on this. Xavier McKinney is going to go to the Which one is Tommy G? I see everybody saying, "Hey, Tommy G." I, I, I know he popped in. Oh, um, maybe he did. I'm I'm behind in the chat. Yeah, um, I see everybody said, "Hey, Tommy." So, um, you know, I just wanted to send a shout out to Tommy. Yeah. Good dude. If you haven't checked out his show, do check out his show. It's over on the Giants Country Channel. Does a great job with that, by the way. But uh, let me get back to to so McKinney. I think he goes the way of Landon Collins. I mean, you remember when Landon Collins came up for free agency? McKinney is is pretty much out the door, in my opinion, just based on what I have been able to gather, mm-hmm. what I have heard. He's going to want to be paid. And the Giants, I believe, are very high on Dane Belton. I saw somebody say, oh, we can't, I'm tired of letting our draft picks walk out the door. You're going to get a comp pick if he walks out the door, assuming mm-hmm. that you don't you know, sign a, a gazillion free agents to nullify it. Dane Belton really played well in the last, you know, what, two, three games when he had to go in there. He can play the box safety and he can play free safety. So I don't think they're going to be that broken up if Xavier McKinney goes, because look, if you pay him, 
chances are you're not going to be able to afford now an offensive lineman or a, or a veteran r- edge rusher or oh. depth at cornerback. So if he's going to ask for the sun, moon, and the stars, they're going to say, nice knowing you, kid. Yep. But that's something I'm going to be watching. I, you know, It could change. You never know. But I, I don't think it's going to. I totally agree, Patty, because safety is a luxury position. The line of scrimmage needs to be fixed here. Absolutely. On both sides of the ball. Now, the defense is a little bit better than the offense. Well, that's not really hard to do. The well, you got to add depth on defense, too. But, but yes, you, that's where the game's won. At the end of the day, they can change all the rules. They can throw the ball a million times. The line of scrimmage is where you win and lose football games. This is why Dallas blows our doors off, because they're just so much better. And Philadelphia last year was so much better. This year, there's starting there's cracks in the pavement on their on their last year. They're they're not getting to the quarterback the way they did last year at yeah. all. It's not close. Um, so yeah, you really need to address that. You work from the out from you know the inside out when it comes to a, a football team. You start there and you work your way out. So I think Belton has shown enough to be the safety. I don't know what Pinnock's contract is i don't know if he's a free agent or not i have to look that up i I think he played well too so and you can draft one you can draft the safety so i do i just don't it's not because they don't want to keep mckinney it's just there's more not going to overpay for him right there's more important positions right and And to mute nobody's giving him money somebody's giving mckinney money and 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 muted growl you say belton has had trouble staying healthy well so has mckinney so you know Injury is going to happen. Hopefully, by the way, speaking of injuries, they figure out why these injuries continue to happen. I mean, we asked the question again of Joe Shane at the end of the press conference. You know, or, or they, we were in press conference. They don't have I liked any your question, by the way. I liked your question about the which one. I think I got two in. Which one you did you? Like? you it was at the beginning. There was one about the quarterback uh, situation. Oh, the timing. Yeah. Yeah, not that he answered it. I don't think he answered it at well, all. He, he danced around it, but that's how you know it's a good question. I suppose when they don't give you a straight answer, you know, he asked a good one. I try. I try. I I came in and I, I checked with my blue crew committee community. And I said, what do you guys want to know most? And a bunch of people sent me, you know, ask about this, ask about that. So I try to be the voice of my blue crew community members, information of which, by the way, if you're interested is in the show notes, it's the join subtext thing. We'll talk about that a little later. You'll have, there'll be a brief commercial on that, but, uh, but yeah, and then there's my own curiosity about these things. So, you know, I, I, I sat up um, Sunday night with my notepad. I wrote down questions and I say, okay, how can I, you know, can I answer the questions? If I can answer the questions and guess what Joe Shane is and Brian Dable are going to say, then the questions get thrown out. Right. If I can't, then they go on the, they go in the, uh, the, the hopper, if you will, for consideration. Oh, yeah. Not to interrupt you, just real quick. Do you know the person that asked Daniel Jones if the Giants would draft the quarterback? I do, and I don't know that I should say who it you is. You don't need to. I just got to say, that was the dumbest, most disrespectful. Listen, I want to. I was surprised that that person asked that question. Let's put I it that way. quarterback without question. And again, his production or lack thereof be damned. It's his health. It's scary. These are serious injuries. But how do you straight faced with media credentials go up to the quarterback of the Giants? And go, Daniel. Um, do you think they need to draft the quarterback? <laughs> I, I I couldn't believe it. But then again, you know, and, and I don't want to sound condescending. There were questions asked this year in in these little huddles that just made me go, 
are you serious? That one, that one, I could. That that one, I was like, wow, you know. But Crazy. but anyway, let me uh, get to Saquon. I want to talk about Saquon real yes. quick and what I think is going to happen now. You mentioned you don't think he's going to get the tag. I have a little different perspective on here. I was talking with uh, somebody today who has a direct pipeline to Saquon. And without going into the juicy details, my feeling is that, you know, Saquon would like the long-term deal. He would like to stay a giant. That has not changed. The giants, however, don't want to go hog crazy with pay mm-hmm. overpaying him because again, they have other needs that they want to address and they can't go and, and give him, you know, 14, 15 million a year. That said, I, I am getting the feeling that right now, and this is subject to change. I want to stress this. This is subject to change right now. The giants have one kind of price in mind. If you will, Saquon might have another price in mind. Now, remember, Saquon has two agents. He's got Kim Miali of uh, Rock Nation and Ed Berry of CAA. So CAA has a pretty good track record of getting deals done. They don't make things difficult. They, they get it done. So it's possible that they can get something done. But I do know this. Saquon does not want to get tagged again. If he does get tagged again, unless it's, you know, to buy more time, that then I think, you know, that'll be acceptable. But if they don't reach a, you know, if they reach a stalemate like they did last year, I would not be surprised if there is a tag and trade in his future. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I didn't even think about that, but that is that is very possible. I, I mean, you would think they would make an effort to bring him back here, otherwise they would have traded him during the season. Right. So you would think that they would um, do something like that. And listen, I mean, Joe Shane and Brian Dable, they come from Buffalo and. Buffalo is a team that could use Saquon Barkley. Sure. So maybe it is. Who knows? Maybe maybe the Giants get Stephon Diggs out of the deal. I <laughs> yeah, I keep dreaming, man. <laughs> yeah, I know. But, but no, seriously, you, but Buffalo, Buffalo but look, makes a lot of sense. You know? But look, if you can't reach a deal, if you know early on, if Shane is like, okay, Saquon, I can't go more than two, uh, three years with two years guaranteed money at, you know, say 23 million mm-hmm. guaranteed money. And Saquon's saying, no, Joe, I want at least 30 million over three years. If they have that kind of stalemate, I would not be surprised if maybe they look to move Saquon before the draft. It depends on how big the gap is and if they feel they can they can, you know, close it. Now, if you're Joe Shane, you're not building around Saquon. Saquon no. is another year older. He's had more injuries this year, you know, the ankle injury. He's a great player still. I mean, I'd take him over just about anybody, you know, mm-hmm. except maybe Christian McCaffrey, obviously. Um, and and maybe Josh Jacobs too. But, uh, you know, you can't build around a running back. You got to look to the future here. And, you know, one of the things that I, I get the impression that Shane doesn't want to fall into is holding on to guys a year too late. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's that's the whole thing, you know. You just um, it, it's interesting. This this one is is definitely uh, definitely going to be interesting. Tag and trade makes sense, but he has to sign the tag. Well, if trade. he's going to get traded to another team that's willing to give him the money that he wants, he'll sign it. Oh, that's true. I mean, yeah, yeah. 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 You have to you have to have a signed tag 
before yeah, trading. Be because yeah. you can't, tra- you know, what you're basically trading is the contract. Yeah. You know, so they, they have to sign it, go to the other team, and then the other team will say, okay, you know what? what what's the tag? I think the tag this year is 12.3 well, or something like that. So yeah. Saquon will be guaranteed in the first year of a new contract. If he signs that tag, he'll be guaranteed 12.3. Now, it's interesting because, you know, Saquon's, you know, he wants to be back. And I really believe that. But he didn't, you know, take advantage of the opportunity to go and sit with Joe afterwards. You know, he told the media this. He said, look, the way the Giants worked it is they had like a group, um, a group meeting, if you will, for the UFAs, for the rookies and so forth. And after the UFA meeting, They told anybody who was in that meeting, if you want to come upstairs and talk to us one-on-one, our door is open. Saquon did that last year, I believe, did not do it this year. He's like, I'm done talking. They know where to find me. They know how to get in touch with me. They know where I stand. So let's see how it happens. But just listening to Saquon, I almost detected there was a little bit of bitterness in there. Like, yeah. here we go again. We're going to go through this, you know, song and dance yeah. all over again. Yeah, that's why. They, that's well, like I said, that was why my, you know, again, I don't know, but I thought the Giants would just be like, you know, we're not going to do this to you again. Because the way he made it sound like was when he talked at the end, you know, I'm going to end up where I end up. That's pretty much what he was saying. So to me, I don't know. I mean, I don't know who else they, they could put the tag on besides McKinney. McKinney's not going to play for the tag. Joe so. doesn't want to use the tag all the, all, you know, every year. He's he's yeah. already said that. So you know, that's why they took care of Dexter when they did. Yeah. That's why they, you know, they wanted to get Andrew Thomas locked up. Yeah. You know, you you look down the line. You know, I don't think they're going to tag Aziz Ojolari if they, you know, if he makes the roster. I mean, certainly not with the way he's been going. Yeah. You know. Thibodeau would probably be in line for the tag, I would think, down the line if they can't get something done. But who else do they really have? Yeah, they could also fit your option. Thibodeau. Yeah, right. So, they So, you know, they don't have to use the tag. But yeah. Shane has said that I don't want to use the tag every year, which I don't blame him because the tag can make things a little messy with the contracts. Yeah. So yeah. You can't maneuver that money. And players don't like it because they're – you pretty much told them what they're going to make. Exactly. And this is a great point here by Ruben Martinez. He says, if they let Saquon go, I think they need a number one receiver. Otherwise, they have no one that completely scares defenses. Ruben could not agree with you more. And I do think number one receiver is high atop the wish list. Is that a possibility that they draft him, the number one receiver? It's a possibility. There are things out there. Malik Neighbors is a name you hear a lot. I am a big fan of Romo Dunze. You know, I, I was joking around. Because when you asked, I don't know, I think this was with your question. I remember Shane saying you can't worry about a quarterback's injuries in the past because he was talking about, maybe somebody asked him about Daniel Jones' future, and he said you can't worry about past injuries. So I started thinking, oh, I I started thinking Michael Penix because he's had past injuries. And then it all came to fruition to me. Uh, I'm like, wow, look look at the national championship game. They couldn't protect him. Number 73 is the right tackle, two holdings, a false start, and he got Penix killed. They ran a pattern that two yards on third and four. He missed a couple of wide open throws. I go, oh, maybe maybe this is the Giants. Maybe he's preparing for the Giants. Maybe, 
<laughs> just let the guy get killed. He was walking around. He's grabbing oh, his ribs. Man. He can barely stand up. I'm like, maybe they're preparing him. I was just kidding around, though. I don't think Michael Penix is the guy. But obviously, if those three quarterbacks go, the ones that everybody's saying are going to go top three, who knows? Listen, Joe Shane, at the end of the day, if Michael Penix is his favorite, he's going to take him. If J.J. McCarthy is his favorite, he's going to take him. If Cam Ward is his favorite, he's going to take him. And if the Bears are willing to trade that first pick and Joe Shane says, listen, I'll give you number six, I'll give you number 39, I'll give you next year's first, next year's third, and maybe they throw in Darius Slate because we want the number one pick. The Bears maybe could trade out of that pick. Reason being, they'd have number six and they'd have number 10, meaning you could definitely get a really good wide receiver for Justin Fields, who's still on a rookie contract. And you can, can pick up the right, right. option. All right. I got to stop you there with Justin Fields. I don't know what the obsession is with Justin Fields, but let me just take a look at this from a different a- angle here. Okay. I know a lot of people feel that he's still salvageable. Here's the problem. He here's the problem. The bears do. Wait, let, let, here's the problem. Okay. And I'm going to, I'm going to call up the contract because I want to make sure I'm quoting the exact, the, the correct numbers here. I looked at this earlier and I, I said, gosh, I can't understand. And I actually wrote about this in my mailbag for tomorrow. So anyway, Justin Fields is entering the final year of his contract in 2024. He has a $6 million cap hit. But if he is traded, his base salary is 1.6. His roster bonus is 1.6. And the prorated signing bonus goes away. That goes back to the Bears. Here's the problem, though, guys. The Giants, if they were to acquire Justin Fields, they would have to make a decision on whether to pick up that option year. Now, what happened when the Giants came in, Shane and Dable came in, and they had to do the same decision with Daniel Jones? What Does anybody remember what happened there? They didn't give him the fifth-year option. Do you know why they didn't give him the fifth-year option? Well, the neck injury, I would imagine, had something to do with it. And the fact that he wasn't their quarterback. No, there's just and he didn't know how he would perform that. under that system. They had no idea how he thank would you. You just hit it. They didn't know how he was going to perform under the system. He had an injury history. So why do people think that Justin Fields, you know, if, if the Giants were to trade for him, that oh, he's going to come in and oh, by the way, the Giants are going to give up all these assets when they have receiver, offensive line, edge rusher, um, backup, you know, depth at, at uh, defensive tackle and so forth. And I can go down the line. Why would you give up all these assets and and take a quarterback on and say, okay, you know, we'll take the leap of faith. We'll pick up his fifth-year option. Then what happens if he bombs in the first year? Yeah, You've got Daniel Jones. And, and here's the other thing. You, you're not getting rid of Daniel Jones. Right. All right? So now you've got a lot of assets tied up in the quarterback as opposed to getting a rookie quarterback in here, which becomes cheaper. So yeah. I don't understand why there is such an obsession with with Justin Fields. I mean, maybe there's an angle I'm not looking at here, but from a financial and business standpoint, it makes zero sense. Yeah, it makes no sense for the Giants to trade for us. None, zero. Because like I said, just give up. If you're going to give up assets, you wouldn't have to give up as much for Fields as you would to get the first pick. But give up the assets to get the first pick and get a – Quarterback and a rookie contract, because I even tweeted that out when somebody said something about Justin Fields. I'm like, this does not make any sense. Why would the Giants, who just gave Daniel Jones a $4,160 million deal, bring in another quarterback that legitimately could be a free agent at the end of the year? Then you're without two quarterbacks. 
It doesn't make sense. But for the Bears, they have an opportunity to hold on to Justin Fields for another year, and they would get a ton of draft capital back if the Giants, you know, they could get a future first. They have two firsts next year. They have two top 10 picks this year. So you can legitimately get a number one receiver and a really good lineman to go with Justin Fields and see what he does with that. And then if he stinks, guess what? You have two first-round picks next year, and if the Bears are bad, you're going to get a big pick. And if the Giants are bad, you get, you'd get be better. But let's just say the Giants are middle of the road next year. You could take both of those and trade them and get your damn quarterback if that's what you want to do. But the Bears would be in the driver's seat. So, But that's what I was saying. The Bears are like the only team that I could see trading with the Giants. The Commanders aren't going to trade with the Giants. And the Patriots aren't going to trade. The Patriots need a quarterback. They're not going to go, yeah, well, hold on to Mac Jones and Bailey Zappi without Belichick. Obviously, new head coach is going to come in. They're going to want their quarterback. New head coach is coming into Washington. They're going to want their quarterback. So if the Bears, if the Bears, Patty, feel that Fields is salvageable, um, then I could see them saying, okay, we'll take another year because, again, he's $6 million cap and he's nothing. We'll take more future first round draft capital and still have two top 10 picks this year. And and then pretty much a back end of the first round pick of the Giants gave up 39. Because, like I said, I don't know what it would cost, but I'm thinking six, 39, a guy like Darius Slayton, next year's first and, a, and next year's second and next year's third. It's going to take a lot to get that done. But if you're Joe Shane, <laughs> you do it if that's available. If you want your guy that bad, you go out and do it. And then it's your job to build around him. That's your job as a GM. Well, actually, dog, you know, I have another theory about the quarterback. You know, for for thus far leading into, you know, where we're at now, I was like, oh, the Giants got to get a quarterback in in round one. I'm not so sure that that's the route they go necessarily because here's the thing. If you don't trade up out of six, chances are, and I don't think Caleb Williams as of this recording has declared. Am I correct? I don't think he's he's officially declared for the draft. I know uh, Drake May has. I believe Jaden Daniels is eligible for the draft. So if you're the Giants and you know that the top quarterbacks are going to go, maybe you say to yourself, okay, you know what? We've got a second group that maybe, you know, because you've got high picks on day two to start the draft. You, you've yes, got you three top so, 50 picks. So maybe you wait and you say, okay, well, we've got a borderline first round, second round grade on this quarterback. So maybe you wait to day two to get your quarterback if that's what you want. And you use your draft pick on day one to get, whether it be an offensive lineman or an edge rusher or a number one I don't one want a lineman. I, I, I don't either. <laughs> but I want a receiver. I would want a, an edge rusher. I think a receiver would be the way to go, personally. Yeah, if there's the quarterback's not there, there, yes, I agree. Receiver if the quarterback's not there. They can't get a job, thing done and they don't like any of the quarterbacks at six. Yes, you take – Malik Neighbors, or you take Romo Dunze because Marvin Harrison's going to Arizona, is right. my guess. And I, I honestly think the Chargers, um, I don't know if they'll go receiver, they could go Brock Bowers, that's very possible. They could go lineman, um, that's very possible. So the Chargers will have a lot of options, but um, the Giants will have one of those three receivers there because I think they're the three best receivers coming out of the draft. One of those guys will be there for them. Weird thing, weird things happen in the draft, Patty. You never they know. They really do. And and how we see the draft doesn't mean how, how the NFL Exactly. And what we see as fans, we say, Oh, we love and I love Caleb Williams. He's my favorite. 
But Joe Shane may look and go, nope, I don't like him and I don't like Drake May. I Michael Penix is my guy. Just because we think a certain thing doesn't mean Shane thinks that. Exactly. At the end of the day, his opinion is the only one that matters. Exactly. And Brian Gable I mean, says, I can do something with this kid. Let's get him in here. The combine is usually a pretty good place to pick up scuttlebutt. Yeah. I mean, well, yeah, I've, I've had some success over the years in, in, in figuring out what the Giants were going to do by getting to the combine, especially when they're picking high. Yeah. So this here's another thing. And I mentioned this uh, either, uh, either maybe on a basketball stream. I don't know. The, I, mean, I might have mentioned this during when I did the national championship game. We're going to know what the Giants are doing in the first round by what they do in free agency. Exactly. If they no. sign a guy like Tyrod Taylor, they're not drafting a quarterback because it would make no sense to carry three quarterbacks. It would make no sense to pay Tyrod Taylor or Ryan Tannehill or Marcus Mariota two years, 14 million, two years, 15 million, yep. and then drive the rookie and carry three quarterbacks. It makes no sense. And you still got Tommy Cutlets too. Don't forget. Right. right. So you're not doing that. Now, if they don't take a backup quarterback, then I would definitely start saying, okay, they must've made a deal or they got something worked out. Cause there's no doubt Joe Shane's working the phone right now as we speak. I'm sure he is. Trying to figure out some way, if he wants quarterback, how do I do this? How do I maneuver? What am I going to do? All this stuff. Because, listen, as bad as Evan Neal has been, and a lot of that, to me, falls on coaching, mm. Joe Shane's draft picks have been very good for the most part. Very good. Rondell Robinson looks like a player. Michael McFadden looks like a player. Deontay Banks was amazing this year. You know, so Dane Belton has really come on here. Um, came on Thibodeau. Has flashes of brilliance, and then he's he's just needs to be more consistent. But the talent is definitely there. Um, so I trust what he's going to do. Well, you have no choice. We have to trust. He's been here two yeah, years. Yeah. He's rebuilding. Now we accelerated the process by making the playoffs and got guys like me very excited. Thought, oh, look at this, we turned it around really quick, and we didn't. There's still a lot of work to do, yes. and a lot of it has to do with that line of scrimmage. So oh, yeah, we've taken a lot of swings in the draft at the line. And I don't want to do it anymore. I'd rather pay the money and get a legitimate NFL player. And did you mention it, Patty? Somebody put it on Twitter. Said, look out for these guys are the Raiders, because obviously the Raiders offense. Uh-huh. Right. And, and, you know, speaking of which, that's actually a good break. I have a video just for those of you who have jumped in and, and joined the live stream here. I'm going to play coming up a video interview. I did with your boy Q, who is our lock on Raiders host. And actually, this is going to be part of my Monday show. I spoke to your boy Q, as well as Hondo Carpenter, who covers the Raiders. He's actually really tight within the the, uh, the Raiders organization. And I asked him specifically about Brasillo, the new offensive line coach. So I'm going to play for you guys uh, a little later on in the show. I'm going to play for you my interview with with uh, your boy Q, because I thought he gave some really good intel about you know what the Giants are getting in him. So what I'm going to do now is I'm going to take my first commercial break. I do have to take commercials. So when we come back, um, we'll just continue the discussion. And I think I will get that video in um, at some point in, in this next segment coming up. So don't go anywhere. We'll take a quick break and we'll be right back. Hey, Giant fans, if you want to secure tickets to your favorite concert shows and sporting events without the stress, you need to check out Game Time, the fast and easy way to buy tickets right up until the day of the event. 
with amazing deals on last minute tickets and their best prices guaranteed. You can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun that you're going to have. With game time, you not only get the lowest prices, you also get clear images of seat views and event cancellation protection. And if you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. So go ahead and snag the tickets without the stress with game time. Download the game time app, create an account, and use the promo code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. Terms apply. Again, that code is locked on NFL for $20 off your first purchase at game time. Hey, Giant fans, Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you all day, every day, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. All right, everybody, welcome back to Locked On Giants Live. You got Trina and Dog. Tana, unfortunately, had to work tonight. You got called into work at the last minute. But Dog and I are holding it down. And hopefully, down. hopefully you guys are still enjoying the chat. I know a lot of you were looking forward to what you call the dream team. But, yeah. uh, you know, you got two-thirds of it, hit, I guess. So it's better than nothing. And by the way, while we were in commercial break, um, I just got to notice – Mike Kafka had his interview today with the, um, the Tennessee Titans. So it'll be interesting to see if he gets another interview or whatnot. But, uh, t- you know, I was surprised that Kafka got an interview request, you know, especially after how bad the offense was. So that's kind of telling, I guess, because maybe the Titans look at the Giants and they say, well, the offense isn't as bad as it looked because they had all the injuries, which I'm, I'm not so sure I agree with, but. We'll yeah, it's possible they look and said, well, that Giants offensive line is horrendous. And no no offensive coordinator is going to do much with that team. But we can we can figure it out. I don't know. How big no, of a concern would that be, though? Dog, let me ask you. How big of a concern would that be if Kafka leaves and now Dable's got to hire three new coordinators? I mean, that's basically like starting over, no? It is. But we talked about it. And – the Giants have got to take big swings this year. Stop doing – stop. One thing that drives me – again, I never tell anybody how to fan. I'm not that person. You do. You want to root for them to lose the tank, do it. You want to root for them to win every game when they mean nothing, go ahead. You love Daniel Jones, fine. You want Daniel Jones back here, fine. You want these guys back here, fine. But my way of looking at this, I am definitely not loyal to the player. I'm loyal to the team. Players come and go. And as much as – People love Daniel Jones or as much as they love Saquon Barkley or like me, McKinney's my guy. You can't get emotionally attached to players. You can't get emotionally attached. As great as Barkley is talent-wise and as great of a guy he is and as hard as Daniel Jones works and as nice of a guy as Daniel Jones is, his team isn't winning. You can't keep doing the same thing. Oh, we just got to tweak something here and tweak something there. because. They're not close. You saw what Dallas did to us this year. We're not close. We're not close to Dallas. We're not close to San Francisco. I really don't know what the hell is going on in Philadelphia, so I don't want to say that because we totally demolished them. So they, they could be just coming back to us at this point. But, you know, the Giants aren't on that 
they're not there yet. There's a lot of work to be done. So you can't just keep a little move here and a little move there. And all of a sudden you're going to go from a six win team to a 12 win team that competes for Super Bowl. The object here is not to make the playoffs. It is to win a Super Bowl. That's your ultimate goal. If you're Joe Shane, you go, you, you have to look at yourself or you look at the team. And go, can we win with Daniel Jones? Is that a possible? Can we win a Super Bowl with Daniel Jones? That is what he has to ask himself at this juncture. Can he stay healthy? Will his neck act up again? Will he tear his ACL again? Can will something else happen? Saquon Barkley, a lot of injuries. Do we want to pump all that money into the running back? We're not winning with Saquon Barkley. Yeah. Is that what we want to do? Do we want to take that money and put it? I keep saying, do you want to take the money? All the people that complain about the line. Well, Barkley can't run because of the line. Barkley can't run because of the line. Daniel Jones can't pass because of the line. The line sucks. The line sucks. Put the money in front of the quarterback, not behind him. Thank you. So if they want to, if they want to move on from Barkley, I love Barkley, but I'm not going to cry because all oh, my one of my favorite players is gone. I understand. I've been a Giants fan for 40 years. I saw Lawrence Taylor leave. I saw Eli Manning leave. I saw the greatest players at each position in the history of this franchise. Lawrence Taylor is the greatest defensive player in the history of football. Okay, Michael Strahan's greatest defensive end we've ever seen with the Giants. Monty Toomer has all the records. Odell Beckham was the flashiest. Victor Cruz was amazing for a few years. But nobody has more records than Monty Toomer. He's gone. Eli Manning is the greatest quarterback in the history of the Giants. Right. I watched him come and go. I've watched him win four Super Bowls. I've watched him win five NFC titles. I've watched <laughs> Bill Parcells, Hall of Famer. I've watched Bill Belichick as the defense coordinator, Hall of Famer. Tom Coughlin's going to be a Hall of Famer. I've seen a lot of great come through here. And as much as I I grow attached to players because they're wearing our uniform, if Saquon Barkley goes to the Eagles, I ain't going to like Saquon. It's not that I don't like Saquon. I don't like that jersey he's wearing. So you root for the laundry. You're not rooting for the player. If Saquon Barkley decided, I'm going to Dallas, everybody that wants Saquon Barkley stay here, you're going to be like, oh, I'm going to go root for Saquon. No, you're not. Not if you're a Giants fan, you're not. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm with you. I mean, look, I never thought that the Eli Manning era would end. Everything comes to an end eventually. Everything. It does. Yeah. And it's unfortunate. But anyway, real, real quick, I see a lot of you popping questions into the chat box. We will get to your questions a little later on. So if you, if, you know, just be patient with us. And if you have to leave, just put the questions in the comments section. And I'll take a look at them um, probably over the weekend. And I'll see how many are there. And I'll try and answer them if you have to leave before I actually get to the questions. So anyway, folks, I do have um, a video that I want to play for you. Um, my Blue Crew community members, you're going to get a different video. Just got to cut it up. You're going to get Hondo Carpenter. But those of you in this group tonight, you're going to get your boy Q. And what this video is, um, just to give you a little background, it is a raw cut, meaning when you look at it, you're not going to see all the, you know, the, the graphics and the normal stuff that you see in my recorded videos that I do here on, on Locked On. But it's an interview that I did with your boy Q about Carmen Brasillo, because a lot of people have asked me, what are the Giants getting in Carmen Brasillo? Why did they snap him up so quick? Why didn't they expand, expand, you know, the search? So I talked to your boy Q, who's the host of Locked On Raiders. The interview is about 10, 11 minutes, but I'm Trust me, guys, it's good stuff. I'm going to play that for you now. 
when we come back, we'll talk a little bit about it. And then we'll start, you know, maybe taking some of your questions and talk about whatever else is on the mind, because there's a lot to talk about here on the Giants. So here's that interview for you. All right, Giant fans, welcome back to the Locked on Giants podcast. I am your host, Patricia Trena. And joining me now on the podcast is Locked On Raiders host, your boy Q. He's going to tell us a little bit about the New York Giants' new offensive line coach, Carmen Brasillo. Q, thanks so much for coming on with me today. Yeah, no problem. That happened pretty quickly, huh? <laughs> yes, it did. I mean, were you surprised at how quickly it happened? I really was. I know that the Raiders had given permission to the coaching staff to go ahead and, and if they had interview requests to go ahead and take them, but also keep the team in the loop with what was going on. So when I saw the request and then I saw that he was going to interview, I thought, okay, cool. He'll interview. They'll probably interview some other guys and then he'll bring it back to the Raiders and whatever happens will happen. But man, for them to grant the permission to interview him interview. And then all of a sudden we find out that he indeed is getting the job. Yeah. That happened a lot quicker than I expected for sure. Now last year, um, I believe Josh McDaniels, who was the head coach at the time, said that Priscilla was the quote-unquote secret weapon. I don't know if you recall that or not. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What did he mean by that? Can you elaborate on that? Well, I just think that, and I don't know his exact, you know, his meaning behind it, but for me, I just took it as that the offensive line was going to be a really dynamic and versatile. That was going to be the key is the versatility of the offensive line where all the guys that they have on the offensive line really could play multiple roles. That was one of the things that, Josh McDaniels was big on Carmen Brasillo, the offensive line coach mentioned multiple times, got to have guys with versatility, the center. Matter of fact, it's funny, uh, Dylan Parham, who is the, the left guard for the Raiders. He was drafted. He was a fourth round pick out of Memphis just a year ago. He at one point played all three of the interior positions on the offensive line. And so they just like that versatility, being able to flip-flop guys around uh, for the sake of dressing guys out on game day and just in case guys get injured and they have to move real quick. So one of the biggest keys was getting these guys not only to have versatility enough to know how to play the positions, but being comfortable and switching in the middle of the game if they have to. And that, to me, was what they was meant by Carmen Brasillo as the, the, the weapon, you know, the secret weapon, because he was going to have these guys ready to go no matter what happened. What can you tell us about his experience with developing younger players, especially players who maybe had shaky resumes prior to coming to the team? Well, I'll say this. I, I think that, you know, I don't know if he necessarily was the secret weapon that Josh McDaniels had talked about, but I think he did a really good job for what he was working with. So uh, I guess to answer your question in an easy way is I think he does a really good job with developing everybody, right? I mean, because I looked at the Raiders offensive line and I thought multiple times they should have upgraded it they should have gone out and made sure they got a big time right tackle or should have gone and got a right guard or so and, and there was and more times than not they would go out there and get a cheaper veteran uh, a guy that you know might have been kind of sitting out there in free agency still or like I mentioned with Dylan Parham uh, fourth round pick out of Memphis uh, coached him up was able to get him to to play multiple roles what I was really impressed with and this probably answers your question even better they drafted Thayer Munford out of Ohio State uh, in the seventh round. And we know how it is when you're a seventh round pick more times than not, you're probably not that guy that's going to make the roster. And they brought him along kind of slowly, but they brought him along. They got him in the games. Carmen coached him up and got him comfortable. And he had played multiple roles at uh, Ohio state, but the last year at Ohio state, he played the right tackle and he really didn't do too well. So he dropped in the draft. They played him as the extra tight end, you know, that extra blocking uh, tackle on the, in the end of the line. I mean, they, they did multiple things with them and, I didn't know where he was going to be. His confidence wasn't great. 
Well, this year, all of a sudden, Colton Miller, the Pro Bowl left tackle for the Raiders, goes down for multiple games. And who slides into the left tackle spot? Thayer Munford. And who holds it down? Thayer Munford. So a guy that the confidence wasn't great, a guy that, you know, was doubted because he was a seventh-round pick, all of a sudden was able to just slide in, felt comfortable, switching from the right side where he played a couple times so far with the Raiders to the left side, which we know how important that is. And he did a really good job. So I thought, okay, I see you. So I guess in a long-winded way, I mean, he does a really good job with with developing everyone to get him to the point where it might not be the best, but it's 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 good, right? It's good, and it'll it'll help your team do what they had to do. And you saw a year ago, those guys up front, they held helped Josh Jacobs lead the league in rushing. What do you know about Carmen's uh, teaching style? Well, he uh, he he was a, a Starnekia. I think that's how you say his last name, uh, Starnekia, when he was in uh, New England. I guarantee I'm saying his name wrong. But yeah. anyway, he was a really good offensive line guru, and he kind of learned under him. So everything that he took is really kind of what he learned there. And and he was the co-offensive line coach in New England, and then he came to the Raiders, and he was the obviously the offensive line coach. So I don't really know how to describe it on, on how he do it. You know, it's so it's so hard to be – uh, an offensive line and actually practice now because it's, you know, you, you don't really get that physicality like you used to get back in the day. It's more just kind of like, you know, the the zone block block to a space and and where you anticipate uh, these these running backs are supposed to go and, and what they're supposed to do. But I'll tell you what, he's tough as nails. He's a tough dude, right? And so he'll he'll get on these guys. He'll 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 coach them hard. He'll love on them even harder. Uh, but I, I think he does a, a pretty good job. Actually, I think he does a really good job with that offensive line. You know what struck me when I when I saw a picture of him, I thought, my gosh, he's Brian Dable's doppelganger. <laughs> yes, I thought the same thing when I first saw him at training camp. I was like, wait, I thought Dayball got hired in New York. What's Dayball <laughs> doing in Vegas to coach it up the offensive line? Oh, wait, hold on. That's Carmen Basillo. But they have the New England ties, even though they didn't coach together in New England. But they both, you know, have New England ties. So maybe there's something there. What should we be concerned about? Because, you know, there's no such thing as a perfect coach. But right. you know, what do you think some of his shortcomings are that, you know, might hamper him as he takes this next step? Well, I think that, again, I think that the offensive line for the Raiders, and I can only go off of what I know, is, is that their, their run blocking was great. I thought that they did a really good job with the run blocking to continue to get better throughout the course of the year. And again, like I said last year, Josh Jacobs led the league in rushing. And there was moments where it was like all Josh, but then there was a lot of times where that, that offensive line really got cooking. I would say that, you know, that the, the pass blocking is, it's a little suspect at times, right? And again, a lot of that could be product of also what he's working with, right? So, I mean, you've got to have some kind of talent. You just can't make, you know, chicken salad out of, you know what? So, I mean, it's just, there's there's scenarios that not, aren't necessarily on him, but I just think that that he's probably better at coaching these guys up to be, you know, run graders as far as than the, than the passing game. So that might be the little bit of concern for the Raiders. It was always a struggle on the right side. Uh, but, you know, for the, for the most part, I thought that they did uh, a, a really good job, especially with what they are working with. I, I could tell by the reaction of Raider Nation when they saw that he was going to the Giants, they were a little bummed. And they're like, well, we thought he did a pretty good job. So that kind of usually tells me all I need to know when the fan base is talking about offensive line coach and they're a little disappointed that he's not going to be with the team next year. When he came over to the Raiders, how much did he change in terms of technique of the offense alignment to improve them? Um, well, I think that he just really had an emphasis on, like I said, the versatility, making sure that they weren't just a one trick pony. That was I promise you, that was the biggest thing that they really focused in on. You know, they, they really wanted to make sure that if you're 
out there and you're on that offensive line, either you're versatile, you can play many different positions, or you're the best of the best, right? <laughs> there's just there's no two ways about it. Either you're the best or you're super versatile. That, I think, was really honestly the biggest key is getting all these guys to be comfortable because it's one thing to plug a guy into a position and let him just sink or swim, but to get these guys comfortable to the point where they felt like they can go from the right to the left side, they can go from the guard to the center position, you know, and, and again, just having a rookie come into the league, I think he did a good job coaching up Dylan Parham. Again, it's, it's, it's difficult with rookie, uh, especially a fourth round pick out of Memphis and, you know, Memphis and the style of football that they play is obviously different than the NFL's. Their scheme is a little bit different. So uh, he, he took him, kind of molded him and, and, and helped bring him along. And I, again, I think that that's, that was pretty good quality there. Uh, the center position was held down by Andre James and then he got hurt this year and Dylan slid right into the center position and looked pretty good to the point where everyone's like, man, you should leave Dylan Parham at the center spot. He looks really good. So uh, he, he grabbed a couple veterans as well and help coach them up and, and guys that you wouldn't necessarily think are starters and turn them into starter quality. Again, they weren't the best of the best, but they were good enough. And sometimes that's all you really need. And then final question for you, Q. I don't know if you can answer this or not, but I'll ask it anyway. How involved was he in the scouting of offensive linemen for the Raiders? And, and what did you think of the job he did? You know, assuming that you know who he scouted and what he thought of guys. Well, I know that he did have a play play a role in in Thayer Munford, the the seventh round pick at Ohio State. I know Dylan Parham. I know that he definitely signed off on those guys and felt that there was something there that he could work with. And then the free agents that they brought in, like you know guys like Greg Van Roten this past year, you know a guy that's been around the league for quite a while, but you know kind of was really on the back end of his of his career. He brought him in and was able to to work with him. And you know I, I think that they just looked at guys and, and especially him was able to look at guys and say, okay, I see that he can do what we need him to do. And it's not going to be the best, but it's it's going to be good enough. And look, Jermaine Illuminor was a, a longtime guy on the on the Raiders offensive line. And for the most part, Raider Nation couldn't stand him because it was a lot of penalties. And, you know, he just wasn't that good. Uh, but he was able to, they brought him back on a free agent deal. And he actually had a really good year and he cut back on the penalties as well. And that's the other thing. He was really good at discipline when it came to making sure those guys didn't have a bunch of penalties. Because you know a holding penalty on offensive linemen, all of a sudden, it's almost like a drive killer. He was really good at that, and Illuminor was a guy that was always struggling with false starts. Cut that back as well, and this past year, the Raiders were the least penalized team in the league, which is still surprising for me to say that, but they were, and a lot of it was because that offensive line played clean. So I think that one of the big things he did, not only scout guys that he felt like he could work with, but also help bring discipline to the offensive line as well. All right, Q, I appreciate the intel. He is your boy, Q. You can catch him Monday through Friday on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts on the Locked On Raiders podcast, just as you can catch me Monday through Friday on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts on Locked On Giants. All right, guys. Just that Basically, that's just the ending. The only thing I'm cutting off is just my ending. But uh, there you have it. Your boy Q with some, I thought, some great intel on uh, on Carmen Brasillo. I mean, dog guys uh, in, in the chat room, what, do, what did you think? Did you like what you heard? Absolutely. I, I mean, that's the whole thing. The Raiders were kind of a, a, a mishmash of throwing together linemen that did a really good job. And that was another thing that my brother-in-law did mention. The penalties were way down with the Raiders. And... Again, I don't know how much of that's the offensive line coach or Antonio Pierce or whatever it was, but your boy Q is right. They're drive killers. As Giants fans, how many damn times mm. have we had third and one, rip, ball start, whatever, <laughs> you know, 
Second, we get a 28-yard freaking run on second down and two, holding offense, whoever the hell it is. And it goes from second and two to second and 12, or third and one to third and six. Or they're going to go for it on fourth and one, and they get a false start, and they have to punt. Sometimes they're almost like turnovers. Our season turned right away on the false start by Andrew Thomas. We are driving. We had third and one, false start. We don't gain then a bad snap, and then a block kick. Season over, just like that. Bad snap, block, and a false start. Two, you know, things on the offensive line from our all pro left tackle with the false start, and then of course the rookie with the bad snap and the bad weather. But yeah, you like to hear that a guy can coach players up. You know, you like to hear that they're disciplined, not committing penalties, because it is such a big part uh, of football. And bad offensive lines commit penalties because they're out of position or because they are confused about the blocking scheme or because they're getting beat and they have to grab. Um, so, yeah, if you're teaching technique and you're not getting beat and you're, you're you know, figuring out where you need to go, you know, there's going to be less penalties. The line's going to be better overall. And it's about building unity. You know, you're only as strong as your weakest link on that line. So chemistry goes a long way. And you mentioned it during preseason why they kept shifting guys all over the place. They never really built the chemistry. So, again, I don't know how much of that was Bobby Johnson, how much of it was Coach Dable or whatever. But excited to get a new offensive line coach. And it seems to have an idea of what he wants to accomplish. Yeah. yeah. I mean, to answer your, your question, that was the plan going in versatility. You, you got to have guys that are versatile, mm-hmm. you know, but my problem was they were doing this right up until the very end. And at some point you got to say, okay, we gave, you know, Joshua Zuda, we gave you X number of snaps at right guard, X number of snaps at left guard. You're set. Now all of a sudden you get to the season, Andrew Thomas gets hurt and Azuda goes, goes to left tackle when he didn't play it or practice at it the whole summer, mm-hmm. where, where was the sense in that? So, right. you know, versatility is not a bad thing amongst your offensive linemen in case of injuries, which is, I think, you know, was the intention of Dable and Bobby Johnson. It's just the execution of the whole thing was just a mess, in my opinion. So, and by the way, folks, uh, my Blue Crew community members who are here tonight, you're going to hear Hondo Carpenter uh, I'm going to clip that video up. Hondo and I spoke, we were always supposed to be, speak for 10 minutes and Hondo and I spoke for almost 40 minutes. So I'm going to clip some of that up. And on Monday, Monday show, I will have the full Locked on Giants feature on, on uh, Carmen Brasillo, as well as, you know, Hondo's interview and anything else that pops up over the weekend. So please don't think that you've seen one day show already because you've only seen a part of it. There's going to be more to come. So I uh, hope you enjoyed that, you know, and, that, and down the line, you know, when I get these interviews and we do a, sh- a live show, if you want to see more of these, let me know. I mean, if you did, if you liked it, great. If you didn't like it, you'd rather hear, you know, me and, and dog and Tana when he comes back, talk, we'll do that. So we're here for you here on Correct. the Giants podcast. And uh, so anyway, dog, the, you know, the, the uh, senior bowl, is set. The roster is set there. I don't know if you've had a chance to look at the, the roster. I, I, I was going to say, is there anybody who kind of, you know, you've circled as I got to see this guy? 
No, I have to. I have to look at the uh, the Senior Bowl. I do know that Dave Gettleman's not there, so we ain't got to worry about one series and taking a quarterback. <laughs> that, that I do know. I, I'm pretty sure Joe Shane will do more due diligence than watching a guy take three, play one drive or three snaps or whatever it was. Up, oh, got a guy. Um, so I don't know who's uh, playing in the scene. I would imagine. I don't know if Michael Penix is playing that thing. He got killed. I don't think he needs to play in it, honestly. So. Um, I don't know. I have to look at the rosters. I have not seen it. Okay. All right. Fair enough. All right, guys, if you have questions, pop them into the chat box. We'll get to as many as you can. Dog, if you had to prioritize the number one thing Joe Shane has got to do, no questions asked. He's got to do this. He's got to get it right. The number one thing, what's your pick? He's got to fix the offensive line. Okay. It's got that, that has got. That has been a problem for 10 years. And granted, I, I just think after five years, we know what Daniel Jones is. And obviously there's a major risk taking a quarterback. There just is. You never know. You you could get Peyton Manning. You could get Jamarcus Russell. You, you don't know what you're getting. Depends on the situation. Depends on a lot of things in the NFL. Depends on how they read defenses, the, how they anticipate. You have to anticipate in the NFL. You have to throw receivers open. Those windows are tighter and they close quicker. And the defenses are so much more complex in the NFL as they are uh, in college. The best college teams you're going against probably have three, maybe four NFL players on it at any given time. When you're going in the NFL, you're going against 12 NFL players. So the speed of the game is much different. The complexity of the defenses you're looking at are much different. You got to be able to figure all this stuff out. You have to release the ball quickly. You got to be convicted with throws. Like I said, you got to throw guys open. You hesitate; it's too late. So, yeah. but the best way for a quarterback to do that stuff is number one, not be on his pockets on a consistent basis. And if you can protect him, he's going to have confidence. The confidence goes a long way. You didn't see. I know Daniel Jones didn't play a lot this year, but when he was in there, I, I did not see a confident guy at yeah. all. I never saw. But in two thousand twenty-two. I saw a confident Daniel Jones. Now, I don't know if that's because of the law. I'm sure the line has something to do with it. But when we talked to Carl Banks, Carl Banks mentioned last year it was one, two, throw. One, two, one, two, two, two reads. This year they put more on his plate, and it seemed like he had a hard time processing it all. So maybe that's all Daniel Jones. I don't know. What I do know, like I said, five years of Daniel Jones, I think we know what he is. Right. But to he, your point about the offense, worse. It may maybe well, whoever the, it may be worse, but you you don't know until you know. To your point though about the offensive line, how much of it is coaching? I mean, look, yeah, right. One of the things with with Brasillo, it's interesting. And and spoiler alert: when I talked to Hondo Carpenter, he said, "Look, if it's one guy screwing up, you know, it's the players. When it's more than one guy screwing mm-hmm. up, it's the coaching." Mm-hmm. And that's my take on it as well. I mean, look at how many times the Giants offensive line could not pick up a stunt. Even yeah. Justin Pugh, a veteran at times looked lost. Mm-hmm. That's no got to be on the coaching. Yeah, so, how many times did they have a free rusher? Did, did not, and I'm not talking about a blitzer. I'm just talking like a guy off the edge. Right. Did a free shot. How many times did Barkley get tackled for a three-yard loss in the yep. back? So, Even the last game against Eagles, how many times did Hassan Reddick just come off the edge and nobody blocked him? Like, well, That's a miss. Somebody schemed that incorrectly. Right. So, yeah. I, I Your run game coordinator in that case, 
who happened to be the offensive line coach. So maybe he's taken the, maybe they've taken the, the first step, but to me, you got to, you have to be able to run the ball. You have to be able to convert on third down and two. You have to be able to control the clock. You have to be able to take the air out of the ball when you're up by, you know, when you've got four minutes to go, that four minute offense where you're running the ball, you're able to get first downs. They just got to get the offensive line going. I think there's talent in this wide receiver core. Do they have a pure number one? No, but I think Wandale is a very nice player. I think Jalen Hyatt needs to develop, but there's no question he is an explosive player. I think that Darren Waller, if he's healthy, could be a major part of what they do. And Darius Slayton has been really good on some really bad teams with multiple quarterbacks thrown to the guy. So, again, is there a number one guy there? No. Maybe they get him in the draft. Maybe they don't. But the offensive line, whether it's coaching, whether it's the personnel, whatever it is, whether it's the quarterback, whether it's a – they got to fix – the. that has to be figured out. That is the number one priority for the Giants. I agree. That damn line. Hopefully it's just a matter of coaching and maybe adding a veteran or two, but all right, let's, let's get to some of these questions. The Don has bill to the Giants is DC. No guys, please. (laughs) Bill Belichick is going to not take a step backwards. All right. It's not happening. The man just came off of nearly a quarter of a century as a head coach GM. He's going to go and try and, and pursue Shula's record. He's not coming back here. And if you don't believe me, Paul Schwartz, of the New York Post, had an article about it that he's not coming back. So I'm saying it. Schwartz is saying it. I mean, how many more of us do you need to say it? So please, it's a nice fantasy, but it's it, it's not not on the cards, not in the cards. So if he so say he does break Shula, I don't know where uh, Belichick is as far as career wins go or how far he is away. I, I want he he's close. Another yeah. season, I think he can make it. Could you see him finishing his career with the Giants in a like a front office capacity type of thing? Possibly that, but as a DC, no. Yeah, no, he's not going to no, demote. No, he wants no, no, no. He's the greatest. Head coach in the modern and the Super Bowl area is the greatest head coach of all time. He's not going to say, "Yeah, I'll take a back seat." Yeah, that's not I'll happening. Take a back Sorry, seat, just be a coordinator. That's not, not going to happen. All right, Irish Rover asks, "How is our cap going into free agency?" Rover, they're still doing postseason accounting. You know, which is basically who earned what incentives, who didn't, who's getting cap credits. But just real quick, I'll see if I can give you some preliminary numbers. The Giants have, as of right, see now already it's changed. This is different from what I saw this morning. The Giants have 23 million, 23.858 million total and 16 million effective. The difference being effective cap space is what they have to sign guys under top 51, which starts the first day of the new league year, which is free agency. So that number actually went down. Because the off-season accounting, which again, the incentives that these guys earn, the not the likely to be earned, so not likely to be earned, that's all still coming in. Joe Shane's gonna have to make some cuts. I'm gonna have information on that. Um, I'm gonna do an article on that. I'll probably do a show on that as well to explain all that. A salary cap show. I know you guys liked that last year. I'm gonna do it again this year. But uh 
That's why, you know, in the summertime when people were getting all excited, oh, the Giants got 60 million in cap space. I'm like, nah, they, come on, man. That number is fluid and it's going to continue to be fluid through, you know, the next couple of months. So, but that should answer your question. I think for now it's, it, it is going to change. So, all right, let me see if we have any other questions here. Okay, here we go. Here's one from Moo. Moo. When do you think Eric Gray gets some real playing time? <laughs> uh, probably when he shows he can pick up blitzes. That's usually a good sign for a young running back. So, uh, you know, to me, the, the special teams experiment, oof, that was bad. what were they thinking? And weren't they? I don't know what they. I don't know why they did that. I don't know why well, they to did justify that. giving him a uniform. I guess but, you know it didn't work. So now, to me, resign Olszewski. He's a free yes. agent. Resign him. I would definitely. Bring him <laughs> so, Without question, I'd bring him back. Yeah, definitely. Uh, let's see what else we have. <laughs> what else do we have? Yeah, we bring him back. Everybody's uh Echoing you about fixing the offensive line for sure. Yeah, it's got to oh, be done. Here's, here's a good one from SETI079. Would you be in favor of trading back to receive more draft capital? That's a good one. That's a good one. Um, if the top quarterbacks were off the board and the top receivers were off the board, yes. My answer would be yes. Now, how far back? I'd have to really study it. I have to run some simulations, but if the top quarterbacks were gone and the top receivers were gone, I think those would be the, you know, the two positions the Giants would spend a first round pick on. Do you agree, dog? Man, that's tough because like I said, one of those top three receivers are going to be there and the Giants really need a, a playmaker in offense. There's not like a, there's some potential, but we keep talking about needing a number one receiver. And again, there's three guys there. Now, if you really like a guy, if, if Shane really likes a guy, it's you, you can't pass on him. You know, if he if they if they have all three of these, they're probably Harrison above the other, but say they have neighbors in Odunze, pretty much the same grade, and one of them ends up there, they can't be like, well, let's go back to nine and get an extra second round pick or let's go back to 11 and just hope that he falls back there. Now, if there's a bunch of guys that they have the same, there's six guys, they have the same grade and they want to go back six spots and they don't really care. Then I could see him doing that too. I just feel like the giants are at a point where they really, like I said, it's a pivot year. So do you want to delay the inevitable? Because if you pass on some guys that end up being really good and you're bad again and you had an opportunity, like how many times have Giants fans talking about how, man, we could have had Micah Parsons and we traded back to get Kadarius Tony? How many times have we talked about that? Because Kadarius Tony's not even on the team anymore. Now, granted, we ended up with probably Kayvon Thibodeau, I'm, I'm guessing, and Darren Waller. Um, because of that Canarius Tony. Well, Evan, Evan Neal, actually, I think. Evan, but I'm just saying, I don't know who they would have. I'm guessing right. they would have taken Evan Neal fifth. Over the, but they got one or the other. Right, so pick right. one of those guys and Darren Waller. That's pretty much what they got for, uh, you know, Canarius Tony. So if you're Joe Shane, you really can't. 
in my opinion, you can't do that where you trade back and then go, look at Malik neighbors. We could have had him at six and he's putting up, you know, Nakua numbers uh, and, and then looks really bad on Joe Shane. So it's, he's in a tough spot uh, without question. But if that's what he thinks is best for the Giants, I have to get on. I wouldn't do it personally. I think they got to just take their guy six. And if anything, they got to try to trade up and get the guy that they really want. Because, you know, I think they really want a quarterback. I really do. Um, but, I don't know, it's just – it's not what I would do. But, listen, if Joe Shane decides that's what's best for the Giants and that's what's best for, you know, winning games in the future, I'm going to agree with him. I'm not going to get mad at him. Uh the only time I'm going to get really pissed is if he decides with the six pickets, Brock Bowers, I ain't going to be happy about that. And <laughs> I love Brock Bowers, but taking him sixth overall, the Giants, no. I, I was just going to ask you that. I was just going to ask you what would be the one pick that they could make that would set you off the way Daniel Jones. Brock, Daniel Brock Jones Bowers at six would uh, – no. no. I, I oh, would they be did happy. that, man. Whew. I would be happy with that one. That would make your Daniel Jones reaction look like, you know. I really don't know how I would react. to. It just wouldn't be a happy reaction, I can tell you that. I, bet. I don't know if I'll ever top the Daniel Jones one. That was just insane. Now, now I will say this. Say Drake May was there at six for whatever reason. Say one of those quarterbacks filled him and said, and then they took Brock Bowers. Then I could top the Daniel Jones. Then I would be really mad. If they did that, because the whole reason I was mad about Daniel Jones, well, one of them was because they passed on Josh Allen, the pass rusher. Mm -hmm. And I, Chris and I both wanted him so bad and never thought he was getting the six. Never. You want to hear something? The Raiders took Clellan Farrell. I go, oh my God, Josh Allen's going to be there because we already knew Tampa was taking Devin White. All right. When that pick came out, I lost my skull. Confession time. Gettleman almost did pick Josh Allen. Really? And yeah, he he almost I, I know this for a fact. Okay. He almost did pick Josh Allen in that draft. So why did he pick Daniel Jones? Because there was a rumor floating around that Washington was eyeballing him and he wasn't going to get past. I think Washington was picking 15th, if I remember correctly. Because mm-hmm. initially what I had heard at the combine was they were eyeballing Daniel Jones for 17 and Dexter Lawrence wasn't even in the equation. They, they were hoping Dexter was going to fall to the second round, which we all know he probably wouldn't have. So they were thinking, okay, Josh Allen first, the pass rusher, and then Daniel Jones at 17. But then again, things started to change with the combine and the pro days and there became concern that Daniel Jones wasn't going to make it down to 17. So they said, okay, you know what? We'll pick the quarterback because Eli was at the end of his, you know, tenure or approaching the end of his tenure. We'll go with the defensive tackle that which turned out to be Dexter Lawrence and pass rush. We'll just see if we can fill that in somewhere else. So that's what happened. We're different. Can you imagine if he did take, Josh Allen, the pass rusher, and Washington did take Daniel Jones at 15, and then the Giants did take Dexter Lawrence at 17, and then you got your quarterback the next year, and you had to choose from Justin Herbert or Tua. That's who they or, wanted was Herbert. I know. Well, Chris, when Chris and I started our show, 
both him and I were very high on Justin Herbert. And mm-hmm. we, I thought for sure he was coming out. I, I thought so I thought too. Sure. That was the buzz. And, and, you know. and he stayed back to play with his brother. Yeah. We were talking about like signing a Teddy Bridgewater as a stopgap. Mm-hmm. Letting Herbert sit for a year and then you play Herbert the next year. And obviously everything fell apart. I remember getting wind of that Daniel Jones uh, rumor either two days before or the night before. And I'm like, this is BS. There's just, I didn't even know who he was. I never had heard of Daniel Jones. I watch <laughs> a lot of college football. But who in the right mind, unless you're a Duke alumni or you're an ACC guy and they play Duke, whoever sits there and goes, can't wait to watch Duke football today. Like, who does that? Nobody. So I'm like, there is no way this guy's a nobody. Right. Nobody's talked about Daniel Jones. I've never heard of Daniel Jones. I've heard about being drafted. I I've heard nobody talk about him. And then there it was. Well, it's, it's funny. I mean, Phil Sims was in the same boat years ago because whoever heard of Moorhead State. Right. Who's staring tunes into Moorhead State? But the funny thing about Daniel Jones is at the combine that year, I was at the combine and I had caught wind that he was on their radar. And I remember going up to his podium when he did Media Veil and taking a picture and tweeting it out. And I and I think I captured it, the next Giants quarterback with a question mark. And oh my goodness, I got a bunch of people. If that happens, I'm gonna not be a giant fan. Oh, people were going ballistic. But that was the buzz, you know. I mean, when I when I do that, folks, usually there's a reason why I do things like that. Yeah, I could. So, I really could believe. I thought the Giants were doing it as a smokescreen because they no. wanted Josh Allen. I, I I just yeah I. They were bad at keeping secrets back then. Let me tell you. Yeah. Oh, gentlemen was the worst. Gentlemen was the worst you know, secrets. Why I mean, do you think the Eagles jumped up and got Devontae Smith? Exactly. You know. Dave Gannon was terrible, you know. Well, he not just him, but some of the coaches in the, at the time. Yeah, were, let's exactly. just say their poker face left something to be desired. But O'Shane's got a good poker face. He'll, he'll yes, give he you does. Little, he'll give you a little, but he's not gonna. He won't give you a lot, right. but he'll give you just enough. He'll give you enough, which right. is fine. Which is fine because yep. if you have a brain, you can usually figure out what he's trying to say. Yeah, you look so. down your cards. You look at the. You got an ace. You got a pair of aces? Yeah. I might. I, I got a good hand. That's, that's Joe Shane. Do you got what do you got? A pair of aces there, Joe? You uh you got a pair of pocket kings? What do you got? I got a good hand. So that <laughs> take it for what it's worth. I got exactly. A good hand. That's the I, way Joe Shane is. So he gives you a little bit. Good guy, though. I like him. It might be, aces, might be kings. It might be Jack 10 suited. I, I got a good starting hand. You don't you don't know what the hell he's got. So Sometimes I'm, you know, you'll still, get something you know, off the record, you know. For me, I'm still confident in Shannon Dable. I I still believe, and maybe it's just still what they did the first year was so miraculous that I guess this year to me, Patty, the reason I'm saying it's so pivotal again, we're getting rid of all the Gettleman guys. They have, would you say, how much cap space? Like thirty million? I think it's like thirty or something total. Okay, so it's still That's way more than he's effective. way more than he's had to deal with. You know, they have a they have another top six pick here, and they have three picks in the top fifty. So, not only all of that, but we're going to know what these guys are. We're going to know was was two thousand twenty two is that the guys that we have, or is two thousand twenty three the guys that we have? Which which one of those teams is real? Which one of those teams was the fake team? 
because even this year, we were six and 11, missed by a yard in Buffalo, right? Yeah. Missed it. Should have never blown a Jets game. That should have never happened. And then the game against the Rams. There's three games that they legitimately could have won. In Buffalo and the Jets, they should have won. They could be nine and eight. I mean, it's if ifs and buts or candies and nuts every day be Christmas. We could do this <laughs> with every team in the league. But still, they were close. But then there's games like they played against the Cowboys where they got crushed. The Raiders crushed them. The Saints crushed them. So which team is this? Exactly. That's why this year is so important for that GM and that coach. I'm scared we're going to lose Brandon Brown. I feel like that's going to happen. I'd be surprised. Sooner or later it is. I have a feeling he's going to get some. I would imagine he's going to get some interviews. He's such he's a smart already. guy. What's that? He's getting a lot of love around the is league he, already. I mean, I just listen to him talk, and he's just so smart. intelligent, right? Oh he's just God. so intelligent. Sincere. Yeah, he's just like I'm. Like we're going to lose that guy. He's going to be a GM. Absolutely. Uh, and I, but hopefully, hopefully it's not this year. Hopefully they can hang on to him for as long as they can. I just it, it's way. I feel way different after two years of these guys than I did with Gentleman. Yeah. So, Dave knew how to scout talent, but I don't think he knew how to put it together. And his cap management just was like, what are yeah, you that doing? That was the worst. Man? He didn't know how to manage what do you do? I mean, I remember being critical of it. And I had, you know, I won't tell you who, but somebody in the organization's like, oh, you don't know what you're talking about. I said, I do know what I'm talking about. You're going to be in cap hell for a couple of years because of what you're doing. Yeah, and push back. I mean, eventually. You can only extend taxes. So, can I get an extension? Can I get? Yep. But your government's going to government uh, government is going to come to collect on you eventually. Exactly. And that's exactly. What happens. You can't keep backloading contracts. It's going to get Absolutely. the Eagles eventually too because they continue and to bidding do that. against yourself. Yeah. Which which he was doing. I mean, Galladay, he definitely bid against Galladay, Jonathan Stewart. I mean, I, I understand why they did it with Jonathan Stewart, but they. You mean to tell me you couldn't have gotten him on a on a veteran minimum, and then going through with the Kyle Rudolph deal after that? that yeah, that was really. I, I'm I'm sitting there going, "What are you doing, Dave? Come on!" And it's like, "Well, it's the classy thing to do, but yeah, you're going to screw up your cap now." Yeah. It's like, "Come on, man! Yeah, Nobody's going to going to going to say, you know, oh my God, look at how classless this dude is, because it's a business." Sometimes you got to make crappy decisions in business. He did a bad. He did a bad job. The DeAndre Baker thing was a total disaster. They traded up for DeAndre. I tried really. I tried really. You know, look when when a new person comes in, I try and support them. I try to see why they might be doing something. But as Dave progressed, he just wasn't making sense. And that salary cap thing that he did when he went out and signed all those free agents and kept restructuring contracts to create more money, to sign more free agents. I said to somebody in the organization, I said, you guys are going to pay the piper for this. You did it with Leonard Williams, too. And and they're like, well, you know, we got to get back to the playoffs. That's not how you get back to the playoffs, guys. You draft well, you develop, and you retain. Shane's got the right idea. Mm -hmm. But what do I know? I'm just, you know. I'm just just, just an idiot on YouTube, but. I'm just saying, what do I know, right? But this is the thing. I don't ever, 
I'm not one of these people. I, I this happens on social media. There's a lot of people that think they know it all. They're never wrong. They they want to be film experts and, and GMs. And I don't claim to be any of that. I'm just a know fan. what you know. What know what you fan. don't know. That's, that's, what that's, all, yeah, tells that's me. all I am. I'm a fan. I don't claim yep. to be smarter or dumber than anybody know. else. I'm just a guy that's watched the Giants for 40 years, and I just give you my opinion. You can agree yep. with it or disagree with it, but it's just an opinion. You know, I start out. I, there's times I'll spout facts for sure, but you know, me not wanting Daniel Jones to roll forward to Daniel Jones is just my opinion. I give my reasons for my opinion. Right. And that's what you do. He doesn't process do. fast enough. It's a bad line. And he has major injury concerns. And now you have a chance to get a quarterback with a GM that did not draft Daniel Jones. And there's a reason they structured the contract to get out of it after uh, which I said on Twitter, right? Didn't right. I say that to you? Exactly. Yes. Yeah, that, that was the thing. When you said that, I'm like, that's exact that's exactly why I tweeted that. Just because they gave Daniel Jones a $160 million contract does not mean they're not drafting a quarterback, and it doesn't mean they can't just get rid of him after 2025. Exactly. It means they're there this year with him. He will be. Well, that's the other thing. Breaking news. <laughs> Daniel Jones is going to be back with 20. No kidding. Yeah, seriously. You I know? laughed when I saw that. Yeah. I laughed. I'm like, seriously, dude, come on. Yeah. But anyway, let me get this real. This question from Scott Young. Is there any interest in Antonio Pierce for D.C.? That is the scuttlebutt. I had heard that from a source. Um, that there is an interest, but see, here's the thing. AP, all he really knows from what I understand is a four, three, he played in the four, three as a, as a, uh, a defensive player when, when he was with the giants. Now I think Graham runs a multi, uh, dimensional front three, four and four, three, but the bottom line with AP is the Raiders are probably going to hire him for their full-time coaching job. I mean, Right now, he's kind of in limbo because the Raiders claim they got to go through the processes and stuff like that. But I think that's where AP is going to land. I, I'd, I'd be shocked if he doesn't, you know, get that job. He should get that job, in my opinion. He deserved it. I've, so, heard, about, I've heard rumors of Patrick Graham coming back. That's here. not happening. I think they blocked him from interviewing. Leslie Frazier is a name. Frazier, possibly. But Frazier but, wants to be a head coach, and I think he had a head coaching interview. If you're the Giants, like, again, I don't know where they pull these guys from. They get, Do you want retreads like a Wink Martindale who just nah. – Or do you want to get a fresh guy out of college, perhaps, a younger defensive coordinator that isn't so stubborn, that maybe Dayball maybe is hard on the guy, but the guy really has no say where – Dable can say, you know, where Wink has been in the league forever, and Dable just became head coach. Maybe yeah. Wink was, I'm not listening to this guy. Well, that's fascinated you know. me. You know, that's always fascinated me because when a guy gets fired by another team and then he goes on to the carousel and another team picks him up, it's like usually he got fired by the other team because he failed. Right. So why are you picking him up again? Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, I, I guess there were, you know, there's circumstances why you would pick him up again, but. It, it just, it's wild. It really is. Yeah, usually sure. I, would, I would think you'd want to promote somebody that's done a good job and give them. I would agree with that. that yep. I would definitely agree with that. So, yeah, I mean, just look at, look at Washington. Now, again, I, I work with Louis T, uh, obviously big commander fan. And you look at the who moved laterally and 
he was no good in Washington because, well, number one, the biggest reason is Pat Mahomes ain't quarterback. But but Bienemy moved laterally. So, and, and Bienemy's had a lot of, I mean, he was interviewed for a head coaching job here. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't understand those moves. Well, I, in I, terms of Bienemy, I think he wanted to prove that Andy Reid wasn't the, wing between, the wind beneath his wings. Did the complete opposite. <laughs> Yeah. Because he sunk like a lead balloon in Washington. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I think I think that answers a lot of questions. But anyway, got to take my last commercial break. When we come back, we'll continue our discussion. We'll continue taking your questions. So pop them in the chat box and uh, we'll take this last break. So don't go anywhere. Hey, Giant fans, if you're concerned about some of the supply chain shortages affecting certain life-saving antibiotics, then you need to know about Jace Medical's Jace Case. The Jace Case is a pack of five different and common antibiotics that can put your mind at ease during these uncertain supply chain times. Visit jacemedical.com and complete your physician encounter. It will be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and if approved, your Jace case medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of a regular cost. You can also customize your Jace case with other medications. All you need to do is go to jacemedical.com, use your offer code LOCKEDON to get $20 off your order, and fill out the information. Again, that's jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com, and the promo code is LOCKEDON. For $20 off your first order. Hey, Giant fans, keep up with the comings and goings this offseason and continue the conversation as a member of the Blue Crew community. This exclusive community is part of the Lock On Giants podcast and it offers exclusive content and opportunities delivered directly to your phone. Plus, members can keep the conversation going with me one on one via text. Try it for free for 14 days, and if you like it, do nothing and continue for just $4.99 a month. For more information or to register, visit joinsubtext.com slash LockedOnNYGiants. Again, that's joinsubtext.com slash LockedOnNYGiants. All right, everybody, welcome back to Locked On Giants Live. You got me, Trina. And you got the dog tonight. No Tana, but hopefully next time he'll be able to join us. He had a he got called into work. You know, when the country calls, you have to go. When Uncle Sam That's needs correct. you, you go running. So uh, dog I've, been, I've been I've been with the state long enough that when they call me, I tell them to go get an itch in a place they can't scratch. It's not happening. <laughs> not happening. Yeah. I, I've been there long yeah. enough. They don't. They know better. Don't ask uh, me. Now, don't now see, I don't, I don't have that luxury. It's like, it's funny. I joke about this. It's like tomorrow, for example, I've got an appointment tomorrow morning, um, something that's long overdue that I need to do. And I said to my husband, you watch, I'm going to walk out of the house since the Giants are going to announce they hired somebody. So uh, never fails. But anyway, folks, mm-hmm. if you haven't done so already, like, and subscribe to Lock on Giants channel, ring that bell for uh, notifications when I release shorts, which I'll be doing a lot of during this off season as well as new videos. Um, I do five a week. You know, somebody had asked me, oh, you're going to drop down to, you know, once a week or whatever. Nope. No off season for us until we get to June to the dead period. And even then I still do five a week. So I'm crazy, but 
but I want to make sure you get your content. That's why we get along so well. A couple of crazy Italian people. I know, I know. And for those of you um, in my Blue Crew community who are here, and by the way, I'm putting the information on the screen if you want to join that. Tomorrow, we'll have the Q&A, the exclusive Q&A video. So get your questions in, and I will have that exclusive video for or sneak peek video with Hondo Carpenter. More on Carmen Brasillo. Carmen, um, Hondo actually had a little different perspective on Carmen. It's a really good one. And he went into a lot more detail. So I'm going to play you a snippet of that. And that's all going to be part of my Monday show. So everybody eventually will see all these videos. But, you know, I'm trying to give you guys sneak peeks at all this stuff as a way of thanking you for being a part of the Blue Crew community. So, all right, let's see what we got with questions here. Um, I saw a good one. Let's see. Oh, so, okay. Here's one. This is from J- J- Jevin, J-E. Jevin, I think it says, Tony Pauling was saying the Giants really love the top quarterbacks, so there is a good possibility we trade up. No. I don't think they love all of the top quarterbacks. I think there maybe is one. I don't want to say which one because I don't have enough evidence to say for sure. Just all I'll say is, you know, when you start seeing me beating the drum for a guy, then I'll have more evidence. But I think. There are quarterbacks that intrigue Shane, but he also knows that there are going to be quarterbacks that are off the board and that maybe his guy that intrigue, you know, the guys that intrigue him intrigue the other teams. But that's so why that's going to be to see. If they trade up with the Bears, he'll have whatever one he wants. If he and trades that, with And the that's the one team I think in front of them. I mean, they could trade with the Los Angeles or Arizona maybe, but I mean, they're not going to get the guy at that point. The Bears are the team that, because Washington and New England are not, moving their picks to the Giants. They may move up to the Bears. Uh, I mean, the Bears could really get a haul. Like, if if New England said, we want to jump up to one, and the Bears go back to three, then somebody could say, well, Jesus, there's that quarterback one, the Bears could go back again. Bears have, and they'll still screw it up, Patty. The Bears yeah. could have four first-rounders next year, and they'll still screw it up to the Bears. It's just what they do. The Bears will, it's like the Jets. The Jets will jet. No matter what the Jets do. The Jets never do it right. They they seems like they make the right moves on paper, never works out with the Jets. Were you surprised um, that the Bears kept their head coach? No, I you know, they dealt with some injuries. I think they played well at the end of the year. And maybe maybe that is saying that they want to move far forward with Justin Field. I don't know. Like the Bears are very intriguing what they are going to do. It really is, but that's the team that if the Giants really, they're gonna have to give up a lot. I mean, they're not gonna go, hey, we'll give you a first and a second and next year second. That's not happening. They're gonna have to give up a lot. But if they really want a guy, you gotta swing at it. You if this is your guy, if you're Joe Shane, and your job is going to be linked to the quarterback, and you love Caleb Williams. You're going to do everything you can to get them. And then the rest of the draft, the next year, be damned. You can't worry about next year. In 2024, you got to worry about this year. And then when 2025 gets here, then you go, okay, now now what do we do in this draft? How do we do with this free agency class? How do we work this? Can't worry about that. You don't know where the hell you're picking in 2025. You can pick sixth. You can pick 25th again. Yeah. You can't worry about that. If he wants his guy, he has to do it. He's got to be bold. And if it don't work, 
Well, I'm screwed. But if I stay with Daniel Jones and I don't, and that doesn't work, I'm screwed anyway. So let me go out my way, not with somebody else's guy. I don't want to be fired because of Dave Gettleman's guy when we fired because I made the decision. And I, at least that's me. You know, I have that kind of alpha dog mentality. Listen, if I screw up, I'm going to own it, but I'm going to make the decision. What's that I'm expression not uses about rain? You gotta, what is it? You got to make money to... Scared money don't make no money, Patty. That's the expression. Scared yeah. money don't make no money. So if you're Joe <laughs> Shane, go get it. You know, go get it. But I, that, I'm curious to see if you guy, Um, Was it Pauline? I think that was the guy that I retweeted when I said this about the Daniel Jones. Just because they signed him doesn't mean they're not going to draft the quarterback. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, I, I'm not convinced that... You know, they're saying all the right things and people are saying, well, Joe Shane said that Daniel Jones is going to be back and, and Dable said he's going to be What do you want them to say? No, we think he sucks and he's not coming back? Come well, on, I mean, man. I would love to hear him say that, but I <laughs> They won't say that publicly. But I know, I know that he's he's going to be back. I mean, anybody, like you said, all you have to do is look at the contract to know he is Definitely here in 2024. Best case scenario, he's here, he's healthy. I mean, or they draft the quarterback, Jones plays well, and they can trade him. Right. And the Best only way scenario. they could have, you know, gotten any salary cap relief was by trading him this year. Nobody's going to trade for him coming Correct. off that ACL. Correct. So he is here, like it or not. Yeah. Exactly. You know, and, and you might as well, you know, you draft a young guy, Jones is your placeholder. And if Jones yep. plays well, then you know what? You, if you take a guy in the first or second round, now next year you look to move Jones. You don't think somebody would, wouldn't want him, especially if he plays well? Exactly. So, exactly. I mean. That's why drafting a quarterback makes all the sense in the world. It does, but, you know, if the guy is not there in the first round, Correct. I can see them going into the second round because they do have the high picks in the second round. So, but you I don't, don't know. But you, see, to me, Patty, you don't want to. Take a chance. Chris says it, I think, best. If he's good enough to take in the second round, he's got to be good enough to take in the first round. Like, if you really want a quarterback, he's got to be good enough to take at six. That's just my – because if you do, if you sit back there and you're like, okay, we have a plan. We're going to take these two picks. We're going to trade up to 20. I don't even know who's picking 20, but just use that as an example. Because we think X quarterback's going to be there, and they're not. Somebody trades up ahead of you that you didn't see coming, and they snatch quarterback. Now what do you do? Now you're now you're without the quarterback. Now you're stuck there going, well, Jesus, do is JJ McCarthy really the guy that we want? Because you can't just take one to take one. Because oh well, shoot, we missed out on I don't know, we missed out on Cam Ward. We we wanted Cam Ward at twenty, and now he's not there. Well, now we kind of have to take a quarterback. So let's just reach for this guy even though we don't really believe in him or you just go well geez now we've missed out completely mm. so it's again this is why joe shane makes the money yes yeah. why i've been sitting here on youtube be a complete idiot and a clown and everything else and people call me and loud and obnoxious and opinionated whatever and there's no repercussions on me except for guys going oh this age like milk that's that's the feedback i get but i don't have people millions of people going up ah, Fireman dog, you don't know what the hell he's talking about, but that's what happens to Joe Shane, right? Yeah, so, exactly. And and Shane. look, you know, this is a pivotal year for them. I mean, they've got to they've got to send the arrow going up. 
Yeah. D-Nice is right. He I says, do, can't be cute with the quarterback position. I totally agree with D-Nice. Can't be, can't be cute there. I can't mean, you cute. would like to think they're not going to be cute, but again, you have other needs. So do you say, <laughs> okay, we feel confident we'll be able to get a guy early in the second round. Do you maybe trade up in the second round to get to the first pick in that, that round? That's another right. possibility. You know, so I'm, I'm curious to see what they do. I mean, in talking to people, some of them are like, you don't necessarily have to get your quarterback in the first round because they point to Dak was a fourth rounder. I think Hertz was what a second rounder. How wasn't an but, but was the, big, the big difference there, Patty, is you had a winner in Dallas. Romo had gotten hurt. Now nobody expected Dak well, to do we did, but they took Dak like they took Zeke first because they picked they were a good team, but Romo got hurt. They picked fourth, they took Zeke, and then Dak ended up being Dak. Hurts, they had just given what Giants fans. They just gave Wentz a massive contract. Wentz was a couple of years removed from being an MVP candidate toward, before he tore his ACL, and they won a Super Bowl in that year. They just gave Wentz a massive contract and drafted Hurts in the second round. Don't not put – that should be even more of you thinking to yourself, well, Jesus, well, if the Eagles did it, there's no reason the Giants can't well, do that. Well, here's, here's the other thing, dog, though. Go back to the last time. I mean, do you remember the 2004 class, how rich that class was in quarterback talent? Yes, I do. When did Ben Roethlisberger get drafted? 11th, right? So yeah. you could theoretically, and I'm not saying the Giants should. I'm just saying if you believe that this class is deep, and I'm talking about the quarterbacks, and you have you know a preference, you know these are my top three guys, maybe the Giants can sit, sit tight. And say, hey, we'd be happy with Jaden Daniels or or Drake May or Caleb Williams or whoever fall, you know, or you know, Michael Penix, whoever falls down to us at six. We'd be happy with that. But Maybe you don't that, have to trade up. No, that's definitely a possibility. If they like if they like Williams, May, uh, Daniels, Penix, and Ward, because those are my top five quarterbacks in this class. I really like Cam Ward. Cam Ward is a very underrated player. He's a very good quarterback, played at Washington State. They started off really good, and they kind of fell off, and he's just a guy that doesn't get the accolades of the other guys. But he, I feel like he's probably the fifth-best quarterback in the draft. So, yeah, if they look at it going – even take him out of the mix, but just say there's – no, five is better. Just say there's five quarterbacks, and like you said, we're happy with any of them. We don't feel the need to trade up because we'll be happy. We feel like any one of those five guys, because you know Los Angeles isn't taking a quarterback, and you know Arizona's not taking a quarterback, and I can't see two teams trading up in front of the Giants. But if that's the case, say somebody did move up the fourth, the Giants could do what they did last year and go, you know what, Los Angeles, we're gonna we just want to move up the spot because we don't want anybody else to get it. They might have to give up something else to do that, but I digress. Then yeah, at that point you might say, Well. One of those guys is coming to us, which is why they took Thibodeau fifth because they knew Aquanwu or uh, Neil were going to be there at seven. So Thibodeau was not guaranteed to be there at seven. So like, why don't we just take him now and we'll get either one of them linemen at seven? Right. right. So yeah, if if they like five of the quarterbacks the same, and they don't feel like there's that much of a difference. Right. If it's a fraction of a difference in the grade, then, you know, it's like whoever falls, we'll take them. That's kind of how they do it. That's kind of how the the, the tiebreaker is decided. So, I mean, we'll we'll set, obviously, we'll see how it it, it plays out because you still got to get through 
the combine and the pro days because guys' stocks will go up and go yeah. down and whatnot. And there's always but, these stories that come out. Oh, this guy is a heart murmur. Oh, look oh, at this yeah. guy did this yeah. off the field. Oh, this guy got arrested for this. And and they're yeah, it's great. Oh, this guy was here, and then he like Anthony Richardson was slated to be like a second round pick. And then all of a sudden he gained momentum. He had a great combine. Bang, he's fourth. Mm-hmm. It's kind of the way I equate Jane Daniels this year. Jane Daniels was kind of don't really knew about him. Wins the Heisman, bang, there he is, one of the top three quarterbacks, probably gonna go top three. So, and then maybe quarterback really wows you at the combine and they go up. Oh, this guy's stock just went up. Yeah, it's an interesting offseason, but I'm telling you, whatever they do in free agency with that quarterback, I think it's going to speak volumes about what they do in the it's draft. Absolutely, I agree with you. And you know, um, I, I saw the question Barbara Carroll asked it, so I don't have it to put on the screen, but she asked about do you think the Giants will re-sign Tyrod Taylor? I'd be stunned if they bring him back. Look, Tyrod, I like Tyrod. I think he's a great um backup option. The problem is, is he gets hurt. I mean, how many times against the Eagles did he have to come off the field because he got banged up? No, Tommy Reed only got in there because Tyrod Taylor got hurt. Was it? Yeah. I mean, it's healthy. It's been his entire career. You know, it's going to be interesting. Speaking of DeVito, you know, everybody's like, what's his role going to be on the team next year? If the Giants draft the quarterback, you figure one and two are going to be, you know, Jones and maybe the the rookie, especially if it's a high draft pick. Mm-hmm. Now, I still think the Giants are going to add a veteran. They 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 have Jacob Eason. They signed to a reserve futures contract. I don't think he's a long term answer. I can see them maybe adding another veteran because Shane said you've got to get a guy on here who you feel can start. Now, is that guy DeVito? Well, he's shown he can start. And he's shown he can win, you know, so I'm curious to see what happens, but there, there's a possibility depending on how they, they view, you know, the free who's available in free agency and who they can get that maybe DeVito, you know, now has to fight for a spot. Yeah. I mean, he's not a slam dunk at all. It is funny when he, he was in that three game winning streak. I had people tell me, Oh, DeVito's the answer. He's, he should be QB one. I'm like, uh-uh. nope. And that's I not did the thing. Lot, I, I did a lot of trolling with DeVito. That that I know. Like I I I definitely was some of the stats I put out there, it was just totally a troll because it was a fun story. And I knew Tommy DeVito wasn't gonna be the Giants future quarterback, but I think that he showed he can play at the NFL. Absolutely. I think that his contract is so little money that you know you might not have to go out and give a Taylor type contract to a Marcus Mariota or a Jacoby Brissett or whoever, a two year 50, you might, you may be able to save that $15 million and just let DeVito play for less than a million a year or whatever he's making. Yeah. He's got his endorsement deals. Yeah. So, So, I mean, he's, 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 he's making a nice Tommy DeVito probably cashed in more in that three weeks and that month than he ever thought he would in his NFL career. I mean, you know, I, I have every thoughts about too. that. Good for him if he's he's able to do it. I, you know, I tend to be old school, and having spoken with some of the players going back to the 2017, we we always kind of chuckle at these players these days who are, are all about their brand and promoting their brand and whatever happened to you know focusing on football and taking care of that since that's why you you've got this opportunity to have a brand to begin with. But Social you know, media. it's his own. Social it's media. 
If there was no social media, it'd be and, much different. And he's and he's promoting, you know, Rao's is good. I've had Rao's sauce, but any true Italian will tell you, you don't do jar sauce. No. I mean, come on. Come on. And maybe here we go. We're talking about food maybe, again, and I better not. I didn't eat dinner. Maybe Mama DeVito needs to make her own sauce. Or she can call it Mama I'm DeVito. I'm sure she can. I'm but sure she can. He could, he could sell some spaghetti sauce. Mama DeVito. Mama I'm sure DeVito she makes a great sauce. Absolutely. All right, let me get this question up here. Switching gears a little bit. Jay Walnuts, do you think Simmons comes back since Wink is gone? I think they would like to have him back. But, you know, I wonder if he gets an offer elsewhere. Because Simmons, he was pretty good as a spy. They used him as a spy this year. He They used him as that pseudo linebacker safety role to help yeah, against the run as well as coverage, have some coverage. coverage linebacker. Cause I yeah, mean, I, I, I think he might be tough to bring back, but do I think they will try to bring him back? Absolutely. Absolutely. I do think that. Um, I would like, I would like Isaiah Simmons back. I would like world him back too. Talent. He's 25 or 26 years old. He was picked seventh overall in the draft for a reason. There's some talent there, um, but it's a good question. I guess it'll depend on who the Giants bring in as a defense coordinator and if Simmons will fit their system. So mm-hmm. that's a that's a really good question. Yeah. All right. Fabian asked this question. Fabian, I think you meant a different year because 2023 is done. So yeah. if you want to resubmit that, Fabian, I'll, I'll tackle it. If you're talking about 2025 or something like that, I think the Giants are probably, you know, when you say a division title, if you're talking about the NFC East, I could see with with you know the right moves. Yes, they can compete for the division title. Do I think they can be the conference championship? Not quite. I think they're at least a couple of years away, maybe even more, depending on what they do this off season. So you know, I, I think the division is you got to start there, and they did finish three and three in the division, um, which which was you know a positive, but. You can't be getting blown out either because the Eagles, you know, to beat them by two scores. Dallas blew the, their doors off. I want to see more competitiveness in the division. I don't yeah, think we Dallas, saw enough of that. Dallas beat the hell out of us. Dallas blew their doors off. Dallas killed us. 89-17. That was gross. They had 640 yards of offense in the second game. That's right. not good. The Eagles, like I said, I think the Eagles came back to us because I think we played the Eagles at the beginning of the year. It might not have been close. Christmas Day, they were blowing us out, and they screwed up and fumbled that kickoff. We ended up scoring a touchdown, and that's when I felt like the Eagles started to fall back to us. Right. And then obviously the last game of the season, we just kicked their kicked their butts, which I thoroughly enjoyed and still enjoyed. <laughs> and I'll still let Eagle fans know we made you quit. You quit. <laughs> they quit. You, they Can you imagine they if, that, if they wheel from that loss and they, they bow out in the first round of the playoffs? I'm hoping they do. They, they, listen, I got news for Eagle fans. We've been trying to tell Eagle fans this for a while. The secondary stinks. Literally, they are a dropped Marquez Valdez, Scantling, a dropped touchdown away from losing the Chiefs game. Gabe Davis turns over the wrong shoulder. They lose that game against Buffalo. There, there's at least, and then the, we all know the officials helped them out a little bit against Giants in that game against Christmas. Okay. There is probably in three or four games the Eagles could have lost because their defense doesn't play well. And then all of a sudden, 
You know, when Darius Slayton is cooking you for an 80-yard touchdown, we don't throw the ball down the field. Mm. We, the Giants don't do that. The Giants have been able to do that all year. I mean, we, they've thrown the ball down the field, but it never connects. But we we watched. And the only reason the Giants were not up 31-0 at halftime is because they tried to get Sterling Shepard a touchdown. Bradbury <laughs> actually made a really good play in the ball. But she had won 31-0 at halftime. He made him quit. I, I would, Mike Evans is going to have a field day there. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, it's going to be interesting. I, 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 and I'll tell you what: Are you and, and are you and Tana going to call any of the games? Uh, I haven't talked to him about that. I don't know. I mean, I, 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 I mean, calling that if you get to call that Eagle game, <laughs> I could definitely, I could definitely see me calling the Eagles. I definitely, I think the Lakers play that night. I don't know. Now I'm considering again because it's playing football. Like Saturday tomorrow, the Lakers play, but the Chiefs and Dolphins play. Right, and that's actually on Peacock. It's not anywhere else. And I have no. Peacock, so I thought to myself, I mean, I could certainly do a lot of people a favor that are not going to be able to watch a game. I I feel like I call a pretty good football game, and I feel like that's going to be a very good football game. Um, so I don't know, but calling the Eagles game, that it, it, it'd be fun. you got to, I you got it. to, you 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 know you want to. I call them against Dallas, and I'll be honest, even though I can't stand Dallas, I hate Dallas. I just enjoyed watching, I enjoyed watching Dallas beat the hell out of them. I, I couldn't even help it. I thought it was funny. I, I, <laughs> that's how much I hate the Eagles. I, I just don't I know. Like you, I know, man. I, I think it would be must-see TV if you called that game. <laughs> but, uh, no, that would be hilarious. All right, let's take a few more questions before we wrap it up. All right, here's here's one more for you because I'm not here yet. I haven't looked at him yet. <clears throat> Excuse me. What do y'all think of Michael Pratt, the quarterback of out of Tulane? Oh, I have no idea. I again, Tulane is like a Duke. I've never watched Tulane football uh, in my life, so I, I honestly have no idea. He's not one of the top five quarterbacks. I, I just, I, me personally, I have no use for them. I, I have no use for a project quarterback. Yeah, I, yeah. I, want, I want the guy that has all the accolades, and if he fails, he fails. But you want if a guy going for a quarterback. You don't. You don't want a guy you're trying to develop here. Right. Like if you're Joe Shane, you don't. You don't want to. Well, we'll push this back because you don't know. By the time that guy's ready to develop, you might not have a job because you took a developmental quarterback. And then the next GM comes in and goes, "Well, I don't want this guy," and you end up in a vicious cycle. But I don't. Yeah, I don't watch Tulane. I I don't watch. I don't watch. I watch the big schools. That's yeah. really. Yeah, we're we're doing scouting reports. Nick Filato, who I think a lot of you know, he's doing um, Green, Green draft, yeah. he's doing draft uh, profiles, um, and he's going to be getting to the quarterbacks soon. So um, they're over on Giants Country. If you want to check them out, we we usually drop one per day. So you know, we just got started this week dropping those, and the quarterbacks are coming up. And we've already done some stuff actually on the quarterbacks. I know Brandon Olson did a piece on you know which of the top quarterbacks there are. So. You know, if you want to check all that stuff out, that's over on GiantsCountry.com, which is the site I manage over on Fan Nation. Um, but, uh, you know, as we get this information in and as I get to sit down and look at this stuff, if I can catch my breath with all these transactions that are going on, um, I can better, you know, get into this stuff. But I've started. I told you I would start after the season. And I, I'm that's exactly what I'm doing. So, all right, here's another question. DC drops. Do you think Darren Waller is going to go this offseason? I'd be surprised. 
because you get rid of him, then then I don't think Lawrence Cager comes back. Um, you had Daniel Bellinger, really. I, I think he's more. Of a I think blocker. they're going to. I think they're going to stay with Waller another year. I think the way the contract is set up, they they almost have to stay with him another year. Yeah, I agree. I I mean, the Giants knew what they were getting when they traded for him. They know that he's got talent, and they know that he's had injury issues. Um, but yeah, um, I think they keep him back. They better not be drafting Brock Bowers. I'll be mad at that. But I'll tell you, um, oh my God, his name is escaping me. The the uh, someone in the chat might know. Why can't I think of his tight end? Yes, the tight end for where did I put? I wrote it down in the draft or, or, or yes, uh, but it's later in the draft. I know I wrote it down someplace. Oh uh, yeah, I'm I'm not a tight end yet. I'm doing uh, the the super. kid from Washington. What the hell is his name? Washington, the Huskies tight Here end. We Here we go. Here uh, we go. He is. Uh, Jack Westover. I mean, okay. I like Westover a lot, not early, but right. like again, a, maybe like a fourth round pick where they got Bellinger. But Jack Westover was a pretty good tight. I liked a lot of guys from uh Braylon Trice, I liked him a lot. Dylan Johnson, again, I liked him a lot. The running back again, these are not like first round guys. Penix is a first round guy, Udunze is a first round guy. I really liked Washington's team a lot. Because I watched a lot of them play, but I love Odunze. I love Braylon Trice as an edge rusher. Um, I think Westover and Dylan Johnson would be good late round picks. Um, but you know, we'll we'll see. I can tell you whoever the hell number 73 was for him for Washington. I didn't like him. He reminded me of F. Neal. <laughs> Got like yeah. a bad skilled. So like yeah. Him. All right. Fabian came back and he said 2030 is the year. Do I think the Giants will win? Uh, I, I guess a division title I, again, Fabian. I think they can, with a little bit of luck and some right moves, they can probably win a division title next year. But they're they're still a few years away from a Super Bowl. I would 2028, hope by twenty thirty they win because I'm going to probably be ready for retiring retirement around that time. They win a Super Bowl in twenty twenty eight, guys. It's cyclical. Everything happens for a reason. You would hope. I lines from when I was going up. I had a chance to cover this year's Super Bowl. I had a chance to go to Vegas, and I said, "Okay, I could either go to Vegas or I could go to the Combine." What do you think I chose? I chose the Combine. Um, More important. More important. What am I going to do? I mean, Vegas. I I mean, I can entertain myself. Don't get me wrong, but you know, why go out there and cover that when you know what's that going to do for? I'd rather be at the Combine where I can put my feet on the ground and talk to people and get a feel for what may or may not happen. Listen, and I, I do pretty really, good. Giants I, were, yeah. Giants are really bad when I was born. I say it all the time. They, they were terrible. In the seventies, they were terrible. They had yeah. one good year in 81, right? They made the playoffs. They won a playoff game. And then they were bad 82 and 83. Then they made a the playoffs in 84, 85, 86. So we just hit that. But my yeah. kid was born. In 2017, there's the first time the Giants ever lost 13 games in their franchise's history. They were bad pretty much throughout his young childhood, which he still is. But there's that one playoff year right there in the middle of it that was really bad. They were bad this year, so expect them to be bad next year. And then expect the playoffs, the playoffs, and him to win a Super Bowl when he's 11, like they did when I was there. 
but they won it when I was 11 years old. So it's cyclical. Then they'll win in 2032 mm-hmm. because there's also 17 years between those titles. And I, then there's four years. See how this works? I'm telling you. It's in the stars. And then I can retire. Seriously. 2028, you got it. I, I hope, I mean, I don't know, 2028, that's what, that's uh, four years. Now, I won't quite be ready to retire, but I'll be on the cusp. As my brothers say, you'll be late in the fourth quarter of your career. And I'm Better late than never. You know what? As long as I'm healthy, I'll continue doing this until I've just had it up and over or my health, you know, gets in the way. Yeah. So, you know, cancer, I'd like to think is in the rear view mirror. And I don't have to worry about that anymore. Fingers crossed. You know, COVID, I've survived two rounds of COVID, um, you know, with minimal damage. Um, You're a fighter. So, yeah. Fighter, Patty. Yeah. Put I mean, you in a foxhole with me anytime. You're a fighter. Got that. <laughs> exactly. Well, that, and that's why my, my priorities have kind of shifted a little bit where I don't let things bother me as much as they did when I was younger. But, right. but yeah, you get to be a certain age, you really do. I mean, somebody today on on the channel said, oh, I have your picture in my attic to scare away monsters. And I'm like, cool. I'm on you. I'm living in your head head rent free, dude. Cool. You know, and then somebody else wrote wrote a comment about my voice. And I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, yeah, you know, sometimes when I play back my videos, my voice irritates me. But you know what? At least I'm alive to talk. Right. Yeah. (laughs) I I don't like my voice. There's no human on the face of the earth that likes our voice. I, I mean, I, they I, say I, you I, hear I, your voice no, differently. What's that? They say you when you when you're talking because it's vi- it, this. Now I'm getting scientific. I know this, but it vibrates off your your bones and stuff, and you hear it differently. Whereas if you play it on tape, you will sound differently. And I sound higher on tape than I do right now when I'm talking. It's weird, right. but yeah, you I, know. Don't know. I don't know. One person's like, "Oh, I love my voice." I don't know if I've ever met anyone. I love my, I pretty much everybody's like, I hate the way I sound. Right. I hate my voicemail. I hate the way I, just, yeah, it's just, you know. But you have like, a voice. That's the important thing. You're, right. That means you're oh, alive. Not you're healthy. No problem. That's all that matters. So, you know, you want to nitpick. I mean, let's hear how you sound. Those of you who, you know, find, find my voice annoying. I don't, Ruben, good call. Ruben said, John Sterling. John Sterling does love the sound of his own voice. Ruben is absolutely right. <laughs> yeah. Yes, he does. Yep. Yes, he does. Yep. Good call. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Let's see if we have any more questions before we call it a show. I want to thank all those of you who have hung in here for the two plus hours that we've been on the air. And I know there's a bunch of you who have. Um, if I missed your questions Hey, I apologize. The chat goes by so quickly and sometimes I miss them. But pop them in the comment section on YouTube and I can always, you know, check them tomorrow or over the weekend and and try to answer them. I do try to get into the comments as much as I can. I know, um, you know, also our our team gets in there and takes a look at it. Um, So, yeah, do that. And I'll, I'll try and circle back. And also we've got the Giants Country Mailbag which drops every Saturday. So you can always send me a, a question that way if you want, um, you know, want to reach out. Uh, Fabian, I'd love to meet you too. Um, you know, talk to me. Maybe we'll make it work next year. We'll try it. I, I don't usually get to the tailgates because I don't crash them. I don't go where I'm not invited. But, uh, you know, maybe 
I get invited to a tailgate, maybe we run into each other. I don't know. So, but definitely would love to meet you. I mean, you guys, your support means the world to me. Um, Danny, I have to get, I have to get down to my life. I've been trying for years and I can't get down there. So I would love to meet you. That'd be great. Yeah, absolutely, dog, man. Come down. Years ago, which was it was awesome. So yeah, absolutely. We'll have to get you tickets or something. Did tell me though. He said to me because last time it was 2019, and there was a few people that knew who I was. Um, but I've been since. And Chris told me he goes, he goes, time you go down there. He goes, it'll be way different for you. He's right. like, it will be literally hundreds of people that know who you are. So right. he's like, when I went down there, it was kind of a shock that that many people recognized me. He goes, just expect the same. If you go down there, there's going to be a lot more people that know who you are this time as opposed to the first time we went. So that'd be yeah. always, always fun. Whenever, whenever, and again, it doesn't happen often around where I live. It is rare that people recognize me when they do. I always say it's, it's just humbling that anybody would take time to go up and see it. Is. It, it, it actually is. Oh. You know, I've had, I've had, you know, it doesn't happen often, but like in the supermarket, people will come up to me and they'll say, are you Patty Trader? Uh, yeah. Or, or I remember I was at, um, I was going through, you know, for my physical therapy, for my neck. I had somebody recognize me and then my chiropractor, God bless him. He said, Oh, he said, he said, let me help you get more views for your channel. So he's got my sign up there that, that, you know, on, on the front desk and everything trying to help me. And I've had people recognize me that way. And it's so, you know, it's humbling and you know, it's, it's, I don't want to say weird, but it's like, Oh, wow. You know, cause it's like most times I'm able to go out and do what I have to do and not, Nobody even notices I'm there because yeah. I'm actually, believe it or not, a very quiet person. I'm actually very quiet, so I, I, go I, I am too, believe it or not. You know, it's like I tell I, I always, I always kid with my husband. I say to him, when because we always go grocery shopping together, me, I'll get in and out of the grocery store because I know way. what's on my list and what I want. Yes. He'll sit way. there and like, okay, what is this on sale? Must be an Italian know? thing. We just we are focused and we just go, yeah, that's me. I like I put my head down, I say nothing to nobody, I just mind my own business, get my stuff and get home. Jim's a different yeah. story. I will I am I can definitely be talkative in the gym. I do because yeah. I know everybody. I've been in there for so long. Yeah. I know everybody. And that's another humbling thing when people come up to me and ask me for advice. So it's yeah. humbling. But I, for somebody to come to me and go, that's exactly what they say to her. Like, are you bad dog? I'm like, I am bad dog. Like, oh my God, I love your videos, man. I'm a big fan. And like when somebody tells me they're a fan, I'm like, I'm, I'm it's like, humbling. It I, really I'm is. Like, yeah, I'm like, oh man, thank you so much. Especially like, I appreciate this market. It. But to hear somebody as a, a fan, <laughs> like, why? I'm just a guy. I'm just an idiot on with a camera. I said, oh, that's all I am. I'm an idiot with a camera. Anybody can do what I do. Anybody can do well, it. Not really. I mean, not the same way, but anybody can do it. I guess you can say the same thing for me. Anybody can do what I do. No, that's not true. That's not true at all. Why is why well, not? You gotta you go to school for that. You gotta learn. You gotta man. What I didn't major in journalism in school. Thing? What's that? I didn't major in journalism in school. But you but you went to school, you took journalism, you you did all that. Like, I actually did not. But how did you? So how did you? But you were a writer, like you know what I mean. I like to write. You yes, that is true, though, Patty. You have a skill. Like that skill is not given to everybody. Anybody can turn the camera on and talk at it. 
Right. You, you, you just need to have electricity and a phone. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is your guy, bad whatever. And you're just talking to it. And then you put it on YouTube. And there you are. No, not everybody can do what you do. There is no way. I couldn't do what you do. I don't know how I do what I do. Because sometimes, like yesterday, I, I think I said this earlier, I was, my eyes were burning by the time I finished up yesterday because I was okay. going back and forth between shooting videos and writing and I'm working on salary cap pieces and I'm working on uh, articles and stuff. And there are times when I just scrap it and I say, okay, I don't like how that came out. I got to go back and do it again. But I guess I take it for granted. I've always done that. Even in college, it's like, you know, when we had to write essays in English 101 and I'd be I'd have my blue book and I'd be done in like 20 minutes. And my roommate who was in a car, I'll never forget this. She was sitting next to me and she had an empty blue book. And she goes, you're done already? I said, yeah. And she's like, oh my God, how'd you finish so fast? I said, I knew what I wanted to say and I wrote it. So yeah, I guess, I guess that is a skill. I don't know. It's I mean, like, it's like me with numbers. Like when people can't multiply, like I multiply and add like the basic operations of arithmetic, mathematics. I just, I see it and I do it so fast. My wife calls me the human calculator. It's funny. That's awesome. I can just do this stuff really quick. And again, I just take it for granted. I just think because I can do it, I'm like, well, anybody can. Right. Multiply tw- you know, every, everybody knows what, you know, their square is all the way up to God, no, 40 or whatever. Like everybody knows 31 squared is 961, right? Everybody knows that. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's what everybody knows. 32 squared is 1,024 and 33 squared is 1,089. Everybody knows that, don't they? Everybody yeah. knows 17 times 11 is 187. And, and I, this plus, this plus this, I just see it. So I do it. And, and I say, and I always say to people, well, if you can talk, you can write. And actually, it's not the same thing. No. <laughs> it's definitely not the same thing. But uh, let me get a couple questions in before we call it a show. Um, Danny Cardona asks, any word on draft trade rumors? Danny, too early right now for any of those rumors. Um, they will start to pick up as we get a little closer to the combine. So I will keep you guys posted if I hear anything, because I am sure that uh, we will be doing another show with dog and hopefully with Tana before, you know, we get to the combine and whatnot. I mean, we, we're not, we're not going to, you know, end it on this night. Um, Jonathan, Chris asked, do you see us spending money, some money on a cornerback two or a pass rusher, pass rusher, possibly cornerback two. I'm the jury's out on that one, but I think pass rusher would be the way to go. Do you think it's possible that the, I mean, I don't know how much he's going to command on the open market. Chase Young is a free agent. Is that a possibility? Who is Chase Young? Isn't he a free agent? I think so. Is that a possibility? What do you think Chase Young gets? Ooh. Like, I don't know what San Francisco's. Cap situations, maybe they bring him back. But let's take a look. But it'd be amazing because I really liked him too. I remember really liking Chase Young and Isaiah. What the funny 49ers have? But it'd be good to get him back in the division. The 49ers, I'm looking to see what they've got with space. They oh, the 49ers are gonna be right now. The 49ers are gonna be in the red. They're not gonna be, but they're gonna have to clean. Clear out space. They're, they're probably not right so. now. They are in the red. So they're, they're probably not forking over a boatload. To yeah, and 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 total space is one point three five nine million. Um, let me see what Chase Young's market value is. That's 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 going to be a good one. 
Let's see. It just I don't know if we go with him, but let's see what his market value looks Let's like. Bring him back into the into the NFT. Chase Young has a projected, according to Spot Tracks, projected market value, thirteen point six million. That's not bad. That's not bad. If you could get him for that, I would jump on that. Yeah. Look, I would say at this point, draft for a wide receiver one, sign a veteran on your offensive line, sign yeah. a veteran. Pass rusher, cornerback two. That's a tough one. I got to look at the cornerback class a little bit more deeply and see if there's somebody that really jumps out that maybe you can use a second round pick on one of the two second round picks, assuming that you don't trade up. So that's how I would approach it right now. But again, I'm I'm very early into my draft study now to where right. you know I could say for sure, you know, putting this out there right now. I'm in on going after Chase Young. Let's bring Chase okay. Young to the Giants. I'm I'm in. If you can get him for 14 million a year, bring him here. Okay. Chase Young, Mikey McFadden, Bobby O'Karake, Kayvon Thibodeau. Go. Ready to go. Right. Let's do it. Right. Yeah, that definitely. All right, a couple of questions uh along this line. Jonathan Chris and a few others I see. I think Peter Rondanzo. Also asked this question: Do you have a who is a realistic uh, defensive coordinator? And he likes the defensive uh, backs coach. Um, oh gosh, the name just escapes me, and I wrote about him. The Ravens' defensive backs coach. Uh, I don't. I don't know that. Oh, I just, I just wrote about him too. Hang on, I, I, this is going to drive me nuts if I don't look it up. Hang on, I'll tell you who it is. Um, Denard Wilson. Um. Denard Wilson is a young, I, I, if I remember correctly, he doesn't have a whole lot of experience as a DC. I'd have to look at the article I wrote. Um, but you know what? I wouldn't be against it. He's he's a former player. He didn't last long in, in, in the league, but I, I'm always in favor of guys who played in the league, to be honest with you, because they just connect with, with, with today's players a lot better. So, you know, I have to go and look at some film. Um, which I haven't had a chance to do yet because I had to get ready for this show, but I'll take a look at that and see, you know, if, if uh, you know, who I like, I, I, I know, I'm not sure, you know, Leslie Frazier, that's a retread, you know, would I, would it Antonio Pierce, if they got him, I'd be thrilled with that. Um, I don't know a whole lot about the Titans coordinator that they, that they are going to interview. And it sounds like the Jaguars are interested in him as well. So we'll have to see about that. Um, you know, I have to get a little deeper into that stuff. So uh, let's see. Lucas, I'm with you, man. I, I am old enough to remember Marvin Harrison, for instance. So you know, am I. Well, he, yeah. Was, you're old enough was to kids remember out the, the prospects you're looking at now. Remember looking at their dads as prospects. Yeah. I know. Isn't that, oh, God, it makes me yeah, feel so old. Cool. All right. Ruben asks about Josh Allen as a pot. I want to feel Josh Allen. Wouldn't Josh Allen maybe be get the the franchise tag? Is he a free agent? I think he is. Let me see. Well, I, yeah, he'd have to be because even with a, f- a five year deal, he came out the year Daniel Jones did. Oh, yeah, let's see. Let's see, Josh Allen. Uh, we want the we want the uh, here we go, Josh yeah, Allen, right. outside linebacker. He is. Yeah, he's a free agent. Unrestricted free agent. They picked up his option year. 
He's got a market value of $21.7 billion. Bring in Chase Young. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think, you know, first of all, I think the Jaguars will probably um, franchise tag him. I'd be surprised if they don't. So uh, I don't know if he's going to be available. I mean, if he is, great. But I, I, I think Chase Young would be – would be uh he just cheaper. can't afford Josh Allen. You know I would love him. I mean, it's the whole reason I had my blow up. Yeah. Draft Josh Allen. Yeah. Um, a couple more, and then we'll call. Then I gotta call it tonight because I've got to get stuff ready for tomorrow. Will we? Will we? Will they move Neil to guard? They've said no, but I'm curious to see what Brasillo has to say. We should be hearing from them. The coaches, I think. Actually, we won't hear from them until the spring. So right now, you know, do I think they should move Neil to guard? Yes. But let's get the guy healthy first. Let's, see, him let, let's see what this defensive, defensive coordinator, listen to me, Offensive this line coach. line coach has to do. Uh, you know, let's, let's see what he does in camp and everything else before that. I don't want to give up on a, on a right tackle and move him to guard. But if he is really bad, Again, then yes, you can't do. They never did that with Eric Flowers. I screamed about it for years. Move Flowers to guard. Try him at guard. Maybe yeah. he's because Flowers seemed like a decent run blocker, and then he moved inside with Washington. He got three years, thirty million from Miami, so it did end up working out. He wasn't great, but he was. And we did it with Pew. Pew was a terrible right tackle. They moved him to guard. He ended up being pretty good. Yeah. So, but yeah. I don't. I think that with a new offensive line coach, you probably want to see if it was more coaching or if it's more Evan Neal. I would wait a little bit, not too long. Like I'm, I don't know if I'd give him the entire season if he continues to really struggle. Um, but I think you might try him at guard at some point just to see. But I, I think you got to roll them a right tackle. Right, right. All right. Uh, one more we'll take from Fabian. Did did you see the wink outburst brewing? Okay, if you mean, do you mean the wink outburst when he met with Dable after Dable told him about? the Wilkins brothers being fired that I could have predicted. Yes. If you're talking about, you know, any discord, there were some whispers of there being some tension and, you know, Jay Glazer of course brought that to everybody's attention, but you know, you kind of chalk that up to, okay, everybody's losing. Everybody's miserable. When they lose in that building, the mood is really bad. Course. I mean, you just feel it. You can cut the air with a knife. That's how thick the tension is. And Wink even said that. He said, "We yeah. had." He said, "The age, he goes, it's the same as it was last year. It's just we were eight and four, not four and eight. Winning cures a lot. Winning definitely cures a lot. So, right. you know, did I think it would come down to this where where Wink would just storm out and tell you know, tell Dable, you know what? Um, I would have hoped not, but. There were some things, I mean, now that I think about it, going back to the summer when Wink's defense was just basically beating the crap out of, you know, the offense, mm -hmm. you say to yourself, okay, was that good or bad or how did they really feel about it? So I guess in retrospect, maybe there were a few things there and, you know, uh, there, there's some other things that, you know, unfortunately I can't get into, but, you know, the politics, there were politics and, and let's just say, when you have politics and guys are going and, and doing, you know, going this way and some are going the other way, that's not good. So it happened. It's unfortunate. It is what it is. You move on now. So, all right, everybody. I want to thank you for showing up. Dog, 
great job as always. I always love talking ball with you. Yeah, um, absolutely. Without question. I was glad that you were able to, to, to come on. Yeah, uh, well, yeah, there's no way I was, I was like, I just wanted to make sure. Cause I got out of the gym at like six 50. I just want to make sure I had time to eat. Cause when I texted you that I was still at the gym and like it's seven 30, right? Not seven o'clock. Cause I was going to say, I'll do it, but I'm, I'm going to be a little late. Just right. so I have to eat. Otherwise I get really mad. Um, if I don't eat something, so I have to eat something. No, <laughs> not a problem. I'm like, I'm definitely in. I'm, I'm right. glad you got dinner in. I, I skipped dinner and now I'm hungry. Well, all right. Well, we have to end this. We got to get Patty some food because as an Italian guy. Oh, I'm know, not eating. No, 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 no. I had chicken. I had chicken parm today for lunch with pasta. Ah, nice, nice. So I had a little bit of that and that kind of filled me up. But it's funny because I'm, I'm going to go to bed soon anyway. And then I got to get up early and I've got appointments in the morning to do. But uh but yeah, well, we, had to, we had to make a food. We had to throw food in here at one point. So we always you. talk about food. There's your, your food, food section of the of the stream. <laughs> and by the way, you're going to hate me for saying this, but I have had Italian now three days in a row. I told my husband I'm sick of Italian, and I normally I'm like, yeah, Italian, definitely. Yeah, I'm sick so. of it. I, I told so. him I want Mexican for tomorrow. I Either that so. or or Tex Mex. I can see. You got to change it up. Italian food's heavy. I mean, you got to you got to change up now. <laughs> I mean, yeah. listen, I love veal parm, but I don't think I could eat veal parm. If I ate veal parm three days in a row, I'd be like, okay, it's time for a change. He wanted but chicken parm, so we had chicken Yeah, that's what I mean. I, I love but chicken I was parm. like, okay, that's it. <laughs> I couldn't even finish mine. I'm like, here, you finish mine. It's heavy. It's heavy food. So, so anyway, oh, but and, and we got the good Italian pasta, too. There's, there there's this pasta that's really good, supported from Italy. So, nice. But anyway. That'll do it for us. Don't forget, folks, check out Monday's show. I'll have the complete interviews on uh, Carmen Brasillo, your boy Q, which we saw earlier in this show, um, Hondo Carpenter. And then I'll have another segment. I'm not sure what the other segment's going to be, but it'll be a, a complete show for you as always. So thank you. We will see you. Um, actually, I'll see my Blue Crew members tomorrow for the Q&A. And I will see the rest of you on Monday. Have a fantastic weekend. And thanks for joining us. Peace.